0: Are here for our bonus encore episode that we promised them last week. My oh man. yeah, bonus time, baby! I wonder if they see anything new, guys. Uh, I know that we uh, posted early last week. Our new shirts came in, so I don't know if you guys can see. We're gonna. Post it up here for our YouTube, and if you can't see, well, if you're just listening through podcast, take a look on our Instagram at official ridiculous patronus. Chase made an awesome post with us in our yeah, shirts, blogspot Blogspot.com, baby. That's that. Uh, <laughs> please,
1: man. I was thinking we were gonna open with a song at first, but it, like, guess who's back. <laughs> back again, or we, looks we, like another good job for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did our,
0: we did our, we did that song actually one of the earlier seasons. We did Gussie's back, back again. Did we really? We, yeah, we did, yeah. Man. That was, that was, uh, that was a long time ago. It's so sad because you know we've been winding down this whole Game of Thrones. Getting arc towards, we're that, getting towards uh, that and The final time we're gonna tackle it is coming up soon. Before, also, you know, we were talking about. Um, whenever it's not that we're never going to do this again because you know we're still yeah, waiting on right. Winter and we're exactly. still waiting on House of Dragons. so well, we'll but it's it's coming down to where we won't touch this for a long time on Game of Thrones and it's it's kind of sad because it kind of got us where we are today man yeah man
1: if you guys saw uh, that sappy post Josh and I posted last week. <laughs> It's don't worry where when Winds of winner comes out. No telling with George, man. That could be twenty years from now. Jeez, please, don't, <laughs> please don't put that curse on us, man. Especially with the COVID, man. Yeah. Like you figured
0: that'd make it easier for him. going nowhere, right? Exactly. We so, kept
1: posting out all the all the oh, episodes. Yeah, we sure did, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, that and uh, man, th- what's cool about today's episode? Y'all are gonna get a little preview of. House of Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. You did do something there. So, guys,
0: mm-hmm. um, we have a lot to cover today, so we're going to jump right in in just a second. I just want to paint the picture again like I usually do for people who aren't watching on video. You guys see we've got a couple new additions for this last, uh, this the Encore episode, this bonus episode that we're doing from last week that we were talking about. You see we've got three books here. We've got The Night in Seven Kingdoms, Fire and Blood, and then The World of Ice and Fire right here up top so we've added some new things and the reason why we put these books in here today is because a lot of what chase is going to tackle today is that got to do with like the history and stuff you don't really see or read about in the actual song of ice and fire right yeah
1: okay and what's cool is the reason this relates is because house of dragon um is going to be based off Uh, fire and blood which fire and blood if you're watching on the youtube you can see it which is right up front here um i'll post a picture of it on our website for those of y'all that are just listening um it's actually george set it out to be a two-part book a lot of people don't realize that so i did not know that yeah yeah, two parts so that's something he's working on no telling when the second part will come out (laughs) because he's got (laughs) a lot on his plate right but um it's it's really cool you'll see today how it fits in the timeline you know a lot of it uh is based on you know how the targaryen house when it was already founded by aegon they broke into the targaryen uh targaryen civil war is really the first part and then the second part that hasn't been brought out yet in a book that they're trying to do and the full uh, seasons of House of Dragon that they're coming out with will lead up to Robert's Rebellion. And they actually even talked about, when doing the show, House of Dragon, they're trying to bring back some actors, which I don't know how you'll do, because even if you brought back, you know, Nicholas... What, what's his name? Nicholas Waldo? Nikolai uh, Nikolai Costa I, Waldo or yeah, something? Yeah, I Nicola even Costa Waldo. Say. Yeah, uh, Like I, I feel like that's like you know um it's hard to do because it's like young gandalf the gray when he went back for like the hobbit and stuff like yeah. it, it's just not right like i think you got to just do a brand new cast um but one thing that would be awesome to see if they're putting robert's rebellion in it for the second part would be who would be cast as arthur dane like mm-hmm. that would be that would be really cool that'd be
0: a tough shoes to fill right there it would i mean think about it this way too though we saw Arthur Dane fairly recently, I believe it was season six. So season six we dropped in what 2017. It's only been three years. Yeah. So the the, uh, the actor who played Arthur Dane probably hasn't aged that much. So he could right. probably reprise that role. You know, you, you, it really could. depends. But yeah, I think he could probably reprise it. We only saw him for a short amount of time wielding the two swords. Right. But have to do like some haircuts or something. Yeah. Yeah. Make it like a little different. <laughs> yeah. you know, full shave or something. a Clean right. face. You yeah. Know. That'd be good. Makes sense, man. But. Hey guys, we got a lot to cover here today, so we're going to jump right in with where we're going to start with. Um, Right now, we're going to start with some of the actor changes. I remember I promised you guys, I think in Season 2 of Game of Thrones, when we went back and covered that, I promised that I would tackle every single actor change that we see on screen. and Boy, do I've got a full list of that. And then... Right afterwards, we're going to go into our rankings of the seasons. Which
1: I know it's been a long time since we've ranked things. Yeah, <laughs> so, man. That's exactly how yeah. we started as,
0: as, a, as a podcast. We ranked you know, some of the, the best in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. MCU, yeah. And our yeah. of Star Wars as well in that double-part pilot.
1: And testament to you guys, you know, y'all been around with this ride from the beginners. And we love the uh, new listeners, too, but we still get compliments on you know the MCU rankings and stuff and, and mm-hmm. so it's nice to kind of have that full circle moment now it's something that's taken us since
0: February to tackle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really has man so without further ado guys let's jump on into this I've got my full list here of all of our actor changes and what I did is not only did I l- name the character and like who played them but I also n- labeled which seasons you see them in and when it changes so that way we get a good idea now, number one, obviously, this is the one I had to because this is the one Chase and I talk about the most is Dario Naharis, or Dario Naharis or Dario Naharis, however you want to say it. My boy, uh, we see him first in season three, and he is he is portrayed by Ed Skrein. From season four on, he's playing he's played by Michiel Huisman. Uh, I don't know if I said his name correctly. So, uh, but uh, yeah, um, it's either Michiel or Huisman or H- Huisman, but. That's His the guy name who is Dario. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, That's the guy who plays him from season four on. Now we go into the next probably most uh, talked about one is The Mountain. Now, he was actually played by three different actors. In season one, when they had like the Tournament of the Hand and he actually had that mini little click game ball with the hound, he was played by Conan Stevens. In season two, when Arya was at Harrenhal, he was played by Ian White. And Then from season four and on... He was played by half Julius Bjornsson, which is the one that you know we see at the very end, the, the really massive guy who actually uh, makes his appearance when he fights Oberyn. Um, Tommen Baratheon. Now, this isn't so much that... Uh, he, he, he was portrayed as, as young Callum. Callum Harry, where he portrayed him in Season 1 and Season 2. Then from Season 4 on, it was Dean Charles. But also with this uh, Tommen character... Uh, Dean Charles Chapman also played Martin Lannister uh, when Richard Carstark actually killed the two boys and was brought into the room before Rob Stark. He was one of the ones that, the uh, little boys that he killed. So not only did Dean Charles Chapman play Martin Lannister, he was also the one who played Tom and Baratheon from season four onwards. But Tom and Baratheon started in season one and season two, uh, portrayed by Callum Wary. Uh, also, Marcella Baratheon. Season one and season two was played by Amy Richardson. Then, from season five and on, was portrayed by Nell Tiger Free. Dickon Tarley, which is Sam Tarley's brother, season six he made a brief appearance at that dinner. Uh, he was played by Freddie Stroma. Then, on season seven, was portrayed by Tom Hopper. Beric Dondarrion. In season one, most people didn't know Barrick Dendarian was a recast. Barric Dendarian made a very brief appearance in season one when Ned Stark sent him to go bring the mountain to justice. Uh, he was actually played by David Michael Scott. Then from season three onwards, he was played by uh, he was portrayed by Richard Dormer. The three-eyed Raven. When we first meet him in season four, he's portrayed by Struan Roger, and then from season five onwards. That role was taken over by Max von Sydow. Leaf, who was the main children of the forest character that you see, in season four she was played by Octavia Selena Alexandru. In season six, onwards was played by Kai Alexander or K Alexander. The Night King, people don't not people don't realize the Night King was actually a recast as well. Uh, season four and season five. He was portrayed by Richard Brake. And then from season six onwards, he was portrayed by Vladimir Furtick. Lothar Frey, which is one of the main Frey children, he was portrayed in, in The Red Wedding, season three, by Tom Brooke. Then from season six, when they uh, try to retake River Run from the Brendan the Blackfish, he's played by Daniel Tuett. Ricard Karstark. This is one that I had. I, this was news to me when I was doing my research. Uh, season 1, he was actually portrayed by Stephen Blount. And then in Season 2 and Season 3, was played by John Stahl. The Lord of Bones. Season 2 and Season 3, he was portrayed by Edward Dogliani. And in Season 5, Hardhome, he was portrayed by Ross O'Hennessey. Célice Baratheon. See, season 2, see this one's a little bit interesting because she didn't have a speaking role, but in Season 2, Episode 1, when you see like the, the Seven being burned by Melisandre and her pulling that sword out, she's the one that's standing next to Stannis Baratheon. She doesn't say anything, but she's, she was cast and credited as Selyse uh, Baratheon for Season 2. Then when she does start her speaking roles and going forward in Season 3 and onwards, she's played by Tara Fitzgerald. And this is one that, like, I know that most people probably didn't even think about. It's just a fun little one that was a little wink. The Mountain Squire. In the books, his name is Joss Stillwood. In Season 1, where he hands the big sword to uh, the mountain, played by Conan Stevens at the time, where he kills the horse, he was played by Niall Cusack. And then in Season 4, when he goes to fight Oberyn, uh, Joss Stillwood is actually portrayed by James McKenzie Robinson so the uh, the mountain squire was also an actor change as well so in total that's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen actor changes throughout this entire song of ice and fire that's huge so many of them man and it's it's weird how they did it because there was i
1: liked how you mentioned the night king because i noticed that too how like it changed mm-hmm. uh because that's one where you don't even really see the guy's face and even uh barrack dondarian i noticed that too yeah that's just and it's funny how you know as you watch these seasons as people were especially if you're watching it the first just a one time for each season you had almost a year in between so people would entirely yeah you like that don't you (laughs) Uh, yeah you go (laughs) entirely forget
0: about uh who played it before so that that's and how they covered it up that's really cool and that's one of the biggest issues that i know i had and we talked about a couple times Is like Man, you're, you're one of the highest, you know, rated TV shows of all time. You don't think you could keep the money to keep all these people in place? I know it's not just the, the production side of stuff. The actors have to agree to it, too, and they've got other projects and stuff. But, like, man, yeah. especially with some of these bigger ones, like, the Mountain being changed three times is a bit excessive. Yeah, that's excessive. You know, we were both upset that's about ridiculous. the Dario Naharis character because we loved the way he was, Ed Skrein played him, mm-hmm. like, you know, so those are the two big ones that like were really tough for me to swallow. But the rest, you know, it happens. I would say there's a lot of these that are main characters, but you know, the majority are ones that are fairly forgettable. You don't really think about on a day to day basis. Right. So. You
1: bring up a really good point, though, because uh, I think we talked about this very briefly in some of our other episodes um, about the show Spartacus. So the show Spartacus was really big on stars before Game of Thrones with Camelot and that sort of thing. And then Game of Thrones really kind of put an end to those two. Spartacus was more towards the end of its arc, mm-hmm. but Camelot, like Game of Thrones, knocked it out. Like They just canceled it. While Spartacus, the reason it dropped so low in ratings was the main guy died, so they had to replace him. So it's it was actually, in a way, I don't like all the actor changes, but it was smart the way the casting agents did it because they knew that they could, you can't go replace Amelia Clark mm-hmm. and expect it just to be the same. Like it's not. That would kill the show. Right. Um, but they were able to replace supporting characters here and there, and, and people. Unless you really broke it down, like we did, you really wouldn't notice.
0: Right. Except um, for the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, Darren Harris is pretty noticeable. And yeah, my guy. Sure. <laughs> yeah um but yeah those are the big actor changes i promised that we would tackle it and there you go for four, it was a 14 in, to, in, in total which is quite a bit for for a, a life i only had you know 14. eight seasons so yeah man let's That's a youtube's whole cast <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly this so you know that part's taken care of let's you know, let's move into our season rankings. Bro, rankings, man. man. Heck, you want to yeah. get us started with that one? So what do we? how do you think we should tackle this, bro? Do you want to do it kind of like we did with MC where we'll start from the bottom up? Like we'll go like our least favorite. Defa- well, actually, you know, I guess we did um, our top five went five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. And then we did two that we didn't like. But now just to rank them in seasons, do we want to start at the very bottom, like our last place one and like keep going? Into I think it? that's what we do because there
1: was no season I just hated. Like there was no season. I People, I get it. Like season eight. But you go back and rewatch it. There's a lot of detail you pick up on. But here's the thing about Game of Thrones, though: <laughs> you cannot say one of the seasons was just like the same as a normal bad show. <laughs> like you can't. So I think I think you're right. I think that's what we do. We just go
0: from bottom to top. bottom to top. Cool, man. And then let's alternate it first. Yeah, um, works I for just me. took a lot of the actor changes, so I wanted you to tackle your least, you know, in, in your thing of upwards, down, down to top. Yeah.
1: I think we all know what's at the bottom. (laughs) It's got to be the same for everybody, right? Uh, So, of course, season eight for me is at the bottom. Granted, though, with that being at the bottom, I still, like, I didn't hate it. Like, I, I thought the long night was cool. Like, I didn't like the way everything played out. The bells, I thought, like, the scene where everything was crumbling, that was really cool with perspectives. So, it had a lot of really cool visual moments. Just the writing wasn't there for me. And it's like I was saying, it's what killed it for me, why I didn't rank it any higher. And it was lowest on the list, which it's hard to do that with any Game of Thrones show. But what made it low on the list for me was when we started picking out details. Like you left the Starbucks cup on the table. You have a Targaryen banner with four legs (laughs) that you've never had before. And you do it twice. Like, I mean, it's, It's those things and on top of that, we waited two years for this season, got six episodes, and it was very rushed. And it was things like like Bran, like he's king of the whole shit now. Like you just pulled that out of your ass? Like (laughs) why? So that that's why for me though, Game of Thrones, still my favorite show to this day. Still my favorite show. Um but unfortunately, I ranked the one that has the most full
0: circle moments at the bottom. I mean, I think anyone with any sort of sense would probably agree with you on the season eight. Uh, yeah, season eight is my least favorite, you know, going from a rankings of uh, last to first. Um, my uh, To a lot of your points there, I agree with almost everything you said. Um, you know, for me, season eight left out a lot of things unanswered. Many of the prophecies that were talked about went unfulfilled. <laughs> like, no one brought those up again. Characters were just left in their places. No one heard from Jack Nagar again. No one heard from Dario <laughs> Harris again. Like, Lyria like never existed. Like, I it just, it, there, there's just so <laughs> many things that just never were answered. And, like, yeah, visually, there's a lot of redeeming qualities about it. It was cool seeing a dragon burn down a city, I guess. But, at the end of the day, uh, you know this this isn't the Transformers, this is Game of Thrones where you your bread and butter is putting some amazing detail storylines together and you know confusing the the re, like the, the viewers and audience to like you know show these amazing things happening and it just became too you know once as soon as the books were done, and we were worried about this when this started happening when the when as soon as the books ran out and they had to do it on their own you could definitely see the genius from behind a game of thrones was not uh, the the writers and it was indeed our guy george so i know he was a consultant on on the the script writing itself but at the end of the day it's he's not the one that made the show they did and it's up to them to you know give us better than what they got on top of that like you said you had a two two plus year layoff it means you had plenty of time to put stuff together you only gave us six episodes you know those six episodes, there are things like, well, yeah, but the episodes are longer, like an hour and a half. If you think about it, with the title sequence really- being three minutes <laughs> and then the very end credits being like eight minutes, it was only like an hour and like 17 minutes. That we only got like 17 extra minutes per episode on the longer ones. So, so we actually got jipped. Like 100%, 100% <laughs> got jipped. So, uh, you know, we definitely had more time to put everything together. They wanted to flirt with Star Wars and decide not to do that too. So we got screwed over on two fronts. Like season eight came out as like, you know, one of the just almost like a dumpster baby, like one that you just like you didn't care about anymore. You know, um, and it really showed in how everything tied up and ended. And you can even see in, in interview interviews with Amelia Clark and with Peter Dinklage when they ask how they think the the show ended, like they have to they you can see visually see it in their face that they weren't happy, but they can't they can't say it out loud, right? They're like, oh no, it's really great. <laughs> like but you can see <laughs> in their faces like they weren't happy with how it ended, and they shouldn't be because. There's just so many things that left unanswered, and they just kind of put it all together haphazardly just to say they completed it. And so, yeah, Season 8 for sure is the last uh, for me as well. I didn't like the Long Night. I thought the Long Night was super anticlimactic. You know, we didn't have any big moments there. The Arya thing was cool, but there were so many things they could have done. You know, we could have had that direwolves come in. We could have had a bigger dragon battle between Viserion and Rhaegal. We could have had a sword fight between Jon and the Night King. Like, there's just so many things that were just... Missed and so yeah, 100%. Reason, I'm all on board with everything you said,
1: yeah. And but I gotta say though, I mean, it's still Game of Thrones. Like, you go compare this, I don't know, you're making the argument that Burn Notice was better than season eight. I <laughs> guess, I mean, my brother loves Burn Notice, Burn Notice isn't bad, but my point is any like bad, actually bad show, like you take a B rated Netflix film i'm still gonna pick season eight over a b-rated netflix film any day yeah josh i don't know He might uh, pick the no. b-rated guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> what was the one underground with like uh wh- what's his name that plays deadpool ryan reynolds yeah <laughs> he came out with like underground this year the I, didn't, b-rated I, didn't netflix. The, I
0: didn't see the underground terrible terrible Jeez. anyways okay but yeah it's so i'll take the next one here uh Following close behind season 8 is season 7 for me as my second least favorite of all the Game of Thrones seasons for a lot of the same reasons. Number one, they shorted us on episodes. We only got 7 episodes. Um, We had a lot of cool moments from that. like uh, The Spoils of War was probably one of the most memorable uh, scenes throughout the entire series, so we'll give it that. But again, like you have Jon, who was just named King of the North in season 6, brought back uh, you know going down to Dragonstone and you know they he he fights all the way along against her saying no we're not gonna do this we're not gonna bend and then you know they go beyond the wall and then all of a sudden, he's like hey yeah you're gonna help us fight okay I'll bend the knee it's all good like <laughs> are you kidding me that uh, you know and this is kind of where we really find out that who John Stark not John Snow is <laughs> he's Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen's child, which would have been great if that was you know taken care of in season eight and wrapped up nicely, but the <laughs> fact that it wasn't makes season seven even look stu- more stupid because you brought it up with- and it never came up again. Really, I mean, all there was was like really? a slight like- distraction. The fact that you know Danny has a slight contestant to the throne who doesn't even want it, never pushed for his title or anything. So, <laughs> what the hell was the point of even bringing it up? You know, and then I, we talk about that stupid instant transmission from Dragonstone to be on the Wall. Like, those just, like, things that happen. That was happen, ridiculous. Like, I just don't the understand, man. Uh, you know, it, it's very, very frustrating. <laughs> so, Season 7 had some cool visual moments, but for the most part, again, along with the, the writing and storyline, it lacked substance. It was put together without any sort of thought. You have us, you know, get us built up and excited because, you know, we see, uh, you know, the the Night King taking out Viserion and then blowing down the wall, that's awesome, that's super memorable Spoils of War was super memorable, but at the end of the day, like, like almost like what I said before, man, this isn't Transformers you can't just get away with making big boom scenes and making us happy, no, you guys your bread and butter was getting us really into, like, all the depths of the story arc and the characters and following their progressions and Again, season 7 just fell completely short, and I stole your word there. I'll take a shot for that. Oh, man! (laughs) Who's the completely guy now? Bro, I'll tell you what. Did we even do a Malice and the Chalice to start out? Dude, this is our bonus Encore episode, and we haven't even done our Malice. Encore, do Do you you want want more? (laughs) Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. Malice and the Chalice, Chalice, baby. I don't know how I missed that
1: dilly Dang, dilly off good, to the pit of misery with you man Heck yeah bro fuck yeah baby you're so. a little
0: fuck yeah <laughs>
1: yeah oh fuck yeah not
0: the <laughs> but uh yeah dude so that's my second to least favorite uh season seven what you got on your second to least favorite <sighs> you're not gonna like this
1: because here's the thing i get season seven it was bullshit they're like we're gonna go capture one of these things like why (laughs) the uh, why the fuck anyways because this is what we like i don't have season seven as my second bottom actually my second bottom you're probably gonna really disagree with i just found it i didn't find it boring like the so the big part of my bottom second to bottom season is blackwater bay like, that's really cool. Okay.
0: So you didn't like season two? Season, season two's two. Second to last. Yeah, okay. that's what I
1: was about to tell you. So it's like, it, it's cool. And there was a lot of, you know, the Battle of Five Armies, right? Oh, I know we say six sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but War of Five Kings. War of six. Five Kings, yeah. yeah. War of, sorry, I'm confusing the name with The Hobbit. Or whatever. <laughs> yeah, War of Five Kings. Um, it was really cool. Like, I really liked it. But at the same time, this kind of is that in-between moment before things really start to take off. Like, you have... It's still... Like, it really picks up towards the end. But the beginning is still kind of slow. Like, you have Arya. Remember, she was, like, on her way to, like, Harrenhal and all that stuff. And it was good, but, like, she's still not at Harrenhal. Yet, you really don't know who Jack and Agar is at all. Um, and... I mean, it just, I just felt like it wasn't that I didn't like it. Just, and then you kept having that moment that's always in the books, like Sansa's, you know, being put down by the Lannisters and Cersei's is just like annoying at her best, like talking to Sansa in the, what was that? Was it the Red Keeper? Magor's Holdfast, right? Magor's Holdfast. Magor's (laughs) Holdfast. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't think it was bad. I just ranked it second to last. 'Cause I had like a true reason to rate season eight down there. But season two, like honestly, I just really liked all the seasons and that just happened to be one that
0: was, you know, second to last. That's for you. Okay. I mean I I, I'll dis I disagree and I'll put mine afterwards, but I want you to talk about your third to least favorite now.
1: (laughs) My third to least favorite I actually really liked too, but it same thing. Everything was kinda just getting started off. Uh, I ranked season 1 last cuz like the big moment was dirty uh, bitch. <laughs> boy Nedster. <laughs> Bro yeah. so much
0: happened in season 1 it's not even funny. It's
1: cuz I'm not a Stark man. I'm a full Targaryen uh. and you know that and in the books Danny barely has any parts in the fucking first book so i basically oh you get
0: introduced to cal drogo <laughs> the dragons are born okay like, well, oh my like, goodness well but that's kind
1: of a part <laughs> it's not your screams i want it's your life oh, <laughs> man. yeah fucking slay no it's a i just i mean the, all the seasons of game of thrones are so good it's not like we're ranking anything bad just this is as everything kind of like picked up
0: so that's why i ranked it Okay,
1: <laughs> that's. I remember how pretty your hair was when they dragged father to the block.
0: <laughs> for me, my third to least favorite uh, was was season five.
1: Oh, see, I love that shit. Yeah, see, season five was fucking me, great and for dude. me. And
0: you, like, I, it's all about it's all about preference, right? And I just was very very bored by the sparrows and by the sons of Harpy. I just didn't care that much. Like, for me, like that's name the big things that happen in, in season five, right? Mans Raiders burned alive. Jack and Nagar, you see him at the House of Black and White. John kills Jano Slint. Uh, Barris and Selmy dies. Jory gets Grayscale. Sansa gets abused and raped by Ramsey. High Sparrow arrests Cersei. We see Lonzo Lannister again. Danny and Tyrion meet for the first time. We have that awesome moment at Hardhome, which I'll give that. Hardhome was badass. And then, you know, Danny rides a dragon for the first time. And, you know,
1: Grey Worm like, like Barristan Selmy goes down just, in like a blaze of glory, man. It was epic.
0: It was okay. I like I said, like that's just my my third least favorite season. You had um, the
1: shame, Cersei moving in dude, the
0: club. <laughs> and dude, how do you find a way to bring <laughs> yeah. that damn fucking thing in every single time?
1: My stuff.
0: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I just I that season. Did not capture me. Anytime the sun's the harper on the screen, there's sparrows on the screen, I was like, dude, I just can't wait until this is over. Like, it, like not even in like, a, I'm excited way. I'm like, dude, this is boring me. I'm sick of it. It's, it's super political. I was just super bored by it. Like, I don't know. So, season five took my third to least favorite. So, right now, I am at 875, and you're at 821. I'm at 821. That's okay. where I'm at. So, let me go ahead and take my next one. Now my fourth to least favorite, or I should say my mid- my middle, like because this is the middle, right? There's eight seasons, so the one in the middle, fourth place for me, is season two, and I'll tell you why. I liked season two a lot, but not enough to overtake some of the better seasons. Let's think. Let's talk about all the big things that happen in season two. Theon overtakes Winterfell. The biggest betrayal to Robb Stark. That's a big moment. He kills Roderick Cassell, like the person who like trained them there as like a his battle. Uh, he we got the shadow baby that kills Renly Baratheon. That was cool
1: because like, Dirty Davos
0: fucked him over. That's why dude, they, I mean, that he, dirty old he even, man. He didn't want to do it. He just had to follow like Stannis's instructions. You could see it. He hated to do it. Then he loved it on the inside. <laughs> then we get uh, you know. Catelyn releases Jamie. Jamie Lannister gets released, you know, in fucking season two. Uh, Arya gets captured and taken to Harrenhal. And that's where we meet Jack and Nagar and she gets the three deaths. And we got to st- start to see a little bit more about what that is in total. We see Tywin Lannister. Uh, you know, getting frustrated at being continuously beaten by Robb Stark, who's 15 years old in all the battles, and Arya's like his cut bear, and she's underneath his nose as Arya Stark, and he doesn't even know it, he's the smartest guy, and doesn't even realize he's got one of the most important Starks right underneath his nose. So that's super super important. Uh, also, you know, the Gold Cloaks looking for Gen- uh, Gendry. I almost said it like you did. Damn it, Gendry. <laughs> they, 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 they're looking Gendry. for Gen- Yor- like they're looking for Gendry. Yorin has that awesome battle and kills the Gold Cloaks, mm-hmm. and he's just a guy in the Night's Watch. He's no one important, you know what I mean? But he's, you know, he uh, he does his thing and he ends up getting killed. Um, also, the the white and the fists of the first men. This is where you you know they talk about like one horn blast is for people return or the um. The brothers from the Night Watch returning. Two is for enemies. Three is for White Walkers. And then we get the three horn blast like, to close out this year, season. That was badass. And then obviously you have Blackwater Bay, too. Blackwater so, Bay was badass. Like all of that was super Blackwater big, Bay. man. So yeah. for me, that's where I really have uh, se- season two falls right in the middle, literally the middle. Like my fourth one, fourth place is, is my season two. What do you got for your fourth place?
1: <laughs> <laughs> one that you didn't like? I got season seven for my fourth place. Oh, my gosh. Season seven, baby. you're you're all
0: about the visuals, man. I
1: love love season seven. You get the ice dragon at the very end of season seven. Mm -hmm. That's fucking badass. You get the javelin throw in (laughs) season seven. Badass as fuck. All the gifts came out of that shit when Danny went and saved his ass. And on top of that, you have one of the greatest... I always call it the train scene. <laughs> it's the wagon thing. The spoils of war when Drogon's coming down and just lights the fuck out of the Lannisters. That shit was epic. I don't give a fuck if the writing was bad. It was like it was like that Transformers Dark of the Moon, man. Like Dark of the Moon, like the storyline was complete garbage. Take a shot. I'm working on it. Fuck yeah. Slay. <laughs> And dude like <laughs> i'm working on I, it <laughs> working on it like i got working Ugh. on the entirely thing all this shit anyways right but you cannot say those scenes weren't sick they when were da- danny rode over the water and you could see the air reflect off the lake as she rode over it with the dothraki which the Dothrakis standing on the horses that wasn't in the books because off wanted to make them like masters of war. I thought that was cool as shit. And then they're just blowing shit up. I felt like I was watching Top Gun in the theater for the first time. <laughs> I love that shit. I thought it was great. The only part I hated was the whole stupid... Let's go grab some shit. But even that shit, Beyond the Lake. When they got there, they start kicking some ass. They're taking some names. They take that bitch hostage. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so good. I could watch that shit all day. If I could go back and watch an episode over and over and just not care, like if I saw someone that's never seen anything of Game of Thrones, and they were gonna only watch one episode, I would just be like, just go watch Beyond the Lake. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> it's awesome. They won't know anything about it, so it'll be fantastic to them.
0: Like I said, like dude, when I was talking about like season seven, I agree there were some really memorable moments and like on screen stuff. But like, like yay, that's not what Game of Thrones the is Javelin, about, <laughs> like, baby. It was yeah, like, ass. I just, I don't, I we needed more from storylines and character progression, and all we got were a lot of cool visuals. I don't know, but I like I said, like we just we we like different things of certain stuff. So yeah. give me your third place at this point in time. You mean four? fourth place? My apologies, four. fourth place, because I gave you my yeah. You're right, my fault. You ready for this one? Yeah. My fourth place
1: murdered her, raped her, killed the
0: children. Wow, I'm surprised <laughs> yeah. that wasn't up there higher for you, brother. No,
1: man, yeah. it's uh, it's it's up there, but um, I think it's still. It, it was actually a very good season. I just didn't rank it up with my top of the tops. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just because of Oberon, he's my boy. Always will be from this day until my last day. If I could marry Oberon and Danny,
0: that's the ultimate power couple, baby. The
1: ultimate slay fest, And then you can make Dario hand to the queen. <laughs> fucking, yeah, he's fucking her on the side. You got a menage a trois, baby. Ultimate power. Ultimate power man. couple. Fucking slay vest. Oberon Martel is the shit then you had Tyrion's trial mm-hmm. that was fucking badass which Oberon was a part of so it was even more badass and then uh in that season uh it was another season that was a, a really good part with the wildlings that we'll talk about which is on my list but um also, in that season, you had uh, our boy Joffrey, we were with for the longest time, fucking dying from that poison, riding like a little bitch. <laughs> like a bitch, bro. You went out like a bitch. Yeah, and it was it was just epic. I loved it. I loved every minute of that
0: shit. But it still ranked that low, huh? Still ranked that low, Man. but I got some badass ones up top. So Because I'm with you. I loved season four, but um, my fourth place... I have season six, okay. so right now for me, I've got eight, seven, five, two, six. What do you have right now? For my lows, so yeah, you got eight, one, I got no, eight, eight, two, one. eight two one seven four. Perfect. So now my fourth place one is season six. A okay. reason why, and I, I I'm sure that we flipped a couple there, but the reason why I put season six, you know, at at number four. And I messed up because I said you know number two is four, but it wasn't doing. I was t- counting it as if I already had said it, so at, <laughs> that, so that you know that would actually be number five. So we're at number four right now. So number season six is my number four because we have we got John's resurrection. We see young Ned Stark. Recon gets captured. John executes Alistair Thorne, Bowen Marsh, Arthur Learwick, and Ali. Sons and John reunite. Danny becomes a Khaleesi again with all the hundred thousand Dothraki, which is pretty cool. Uh, we see how the Night King was created. Euron upsurps the fucking um, Iron Throne, which was dope. That's throws, your boy, man. In.
1: That's your boy. And,
0: you know, Hodor dies. You get that crazy hold, hold the door scene. That was super yeah. memorable. Uh, Benjen Stark returns. Uh, we get Lady Mormont. Uh, you know, how she's a little tiny badass. Um, Arya becomes Arya again. She's like, no, a girl's Arya Stark, and I'm going home. That was cool. Uh, Danny destroys all the fleets and the Marines. She returns there and just sets them to fuck a fire. And then <laughs> <laughs> we get... So that, that was your favorite thing. Okay? Like the beggar the queen beggar, you the are. There it is. I was going to say that, <laughs> man. beggar queen. <laughs> and then after that, you know, we get like the recon run. He dies running a straight line. Do the recon uh, run. Right? <laughs> Again, we get the battle of the bastards. Ramsey dies. Arya kills Walder Frey and all the Freys. John becomes king of the north. We find out who John's mom is. Danny sails for Westeros. That was awesome. Like That's a lot of great big things that happen in season six. It's just that I, I have other ones ranked higher. This is this is where I'll agree with you. This is the part you could really, in my top four, interchange any of them except the number one spot. The number one's got to be clear cut. Mm-hmm. But let's say like two, three, and four, you can interchange them. I won't be mad about it. But this is my own personal opinions. So I loved a lot of things that happened in season six. But I do have um, a couple ranked ahead of it. So what do you got? Quick
1: question. Which was the season? Wasn't it season four when Ramsey comes out with the knives? <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. That part and in season four, the reason this I is into a this. <laughs> is turning into a lovely evening. This is turning into a lovely evening. Ramsey! And you had the champion, horses are dumber than men. Yeah, that was season four, yeah. <laughs> that was badass. But next is one you didn't like too much. Season five, baby. Oh, man. That's your, Fuck that's your yeah. third. Fuck yeah. That was my third. Wow. That was my third. And I've always loved season five. It actually dropped when I, because I actually originally ranked season five number one when I loved it so much before I went back and rewatched the seasons uh, like we did this year. Because here's the thing. I didn't love so much, of course, the, uh, you know, I guess this separation between the crown and the high scepter um you know the high spell high sparrow um like i didn't love that so much but i get it because uh for some we'll talk about a little bit today that actually happens a lot in history uh it even happens you know you got stuff with separation of church and state nowadays so it made sense i could see where they were going with it but what i did love was fucking sons of harpies fucking dario coming in there with a fucking calisar decapitating their heads danny hops on drogon for the first time he comes and saves her bleeding at the mouth eating her ass and fucking <laughs> oh yeah fucking sleigh time baby slay time also by the way season four was also uh they may eat you even if i don't that was badass as fuck too <laughs> anyways but season five man uh remember Dario goes, protect your queen. When they're all coming from, like, the Coliseum.
0: Yeah.
1: That was badass. You had Cerberus and Selmy. Old as fuck, but still a badass. Must agree. Old as fuck, though. Old as fuck. Uh, he went down in a blaze of glory in Grey Worm, fighting for the, you know, to stay alive for everyone, for the girl he loves. Like, takes, like, the rest of them out. Like, should have died. Any normal human... Would have fucking died right there, and it was. I just thought, once again, that's the thing. I'm the sucker for the visuals, man. I'm just a sucker for it. But even though, like the writing, I still don't think
0: the writing was bad on this season. The yeah. writing was a lot worse on season eight. Yeah, I agree. Like, like I said, like I just I got bored by the Sons of Harpy and the High Sparrows yeah. thing. That's just my per- That's me mm-hmm. personally. Like I, you know, I I think that if I, you having. Season 5, ranked third, is, is really aggressive. but uh, Real quick. You know, uh, sorry, yeah. I just want to say some one quick thing. So,
1: just about Season 5. Yeah. So, when this happened, so a lot of the cast used to do really funny things. I told you about this before, I think. So, uh, Macy Williams, that plays Arya, she went into GameStop after they wrapped. It was like a GameStop or a local game store. And what she did was she went in there and put on a name tag of like one of the employees. And it was like a different employee and she went in there as Lorraine and they kept like talking to her and they're like you look just like the girl on the cover of this case and they're like, well, I'm not, but we actually are doing a Game of Thrones giveaway today because we work at a game store. And they're like, oh, really? That's cool. And she's like, act out one of the scenes. And the girl like acts like she's getting naked. And she's like, okay, I need your help on this one. And she's like, okay. And she hands Macy Williams a bell and has her ring it. And she goes, now you say shame. And
0: Macy Williams <laughs> of all the followed her out.
1: <laughs> all the way around the store saying shame, and everyone was just looking at her. And it, it's on YouTube. And she still never told anyone it
0: was her that's and so they were funny. just
1: like wow that's amazing you look just like her is that i thought that that's pretty cool amazing.
0: yeah after you on this one mm-hmm. okay yeah so for my uh my third place is where i've got uh season four season four is my okay. my number three and i'll Respect tell you why it. joffrey dies super happy about that we're introduced to Oberyn for the first time no one's brought this up at all. The battle for Castle Black against a Wildlings. Okay, yeah, dude, Castle Black, baby. That was such baby. a badass thing, That man. was badass. Uh, Jon Snow with, like, 100 Wildlings, like 100 of the um, Brothers of Watch held off 100,000 Wildlings for a little over a night, man. Should be a horror night's like, house. Straight up, the <laughs> then yeah. he went, went over there by himself to, like, sacrifice yeah. to try to kill Mance Raider. Like, dude, that, that was, was badass. That was badass. Then that we, was badass. You know, fucking uh Egret dies, you know, her Jon yeah, Snow's first Ygritte, love. Like, yeah. she dies, yeah, and you know, you know, nothing, Jon Snow. Uh Baelish helps Sansa escape after she's been trying to get out of King's Landing forever. That was a big moment. Mm-hmm. Brienne fights the hound? Are you okay, kidding me? yeah, <laughs> Brienne fought the hound. <laughs> Tyrion's trial, like you were saying before. Tywin Lannister dies, only the most powerful yeah, man in Westeros. Yeah. Uh, such we, a big scene. We had like the fucking the, the uh Craster's baby with the Night King touched him. turned. I know it never came to anything. Fuck them
1: till they're dead. But, dude,
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Then we had the fucking, um, Oberyn versus a mountain. Like, like, for the, the trial by combat. So many big things happened in season four, Remember bro. the
1: sword went through Carl? Yes. Like, Jon shoved the sword through that Oh, uh, and they tried to rape, uh, Mira. Yeah, Remember? That's... If, God, there was when so Jojin many When Jojen says, moments. I,
0: I, uh, I see your body fall in snow, like if snow falls on top of you, yeah. that could have been like an allusion to Jon Snow coming. Like, dude, I, just season four was amazing. And the fact that you have it ranked so low, I was surprised. Because I'm on to open as your boy. At number two, just so many big things happen, But yeah. It was because season five, man. Oh, I'm just a sucker for five, season dude.
1: five, baby. So. It's all about them harpies.
0: <laughs> yeah. So that's my third place is uh, season four. What do you got for number two, my man? Number two, I got season six. Because
1: of the beggar queen you are.
0: You dirty, you <laughs> yeah. dirty fuck. Season six! You <laughs> dirty
1: fuck. The moment Danny, you know, remember she was like, you know, we will crucify the masters. We will leave their cities in the yeah. dirt. Yeah. It was amazing. She comes back when the cannons are, or the catapults are throwing everything off in Astapor. And, you know, she tells them, we're here to discuss your surrender, not mine. And I love the line thank you for the armada our queen does love ships <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh that was great you know season six i love the part of the house of black and white with Arya, and remember the waif comes after mm-hmm. her and then she was blind at the beginning and now and then she you know realizes who she is a girl is Arya stark a girl is not no one anymore and she stands up for herself and takes down the waif and the waif even had that moment with the twist and she was bleeding out in front of everybody it was just so good like there were so many good things john comes back to life like there were so many good things about season six there's no i could no way i could rank it below two because even the writing was phenomenal
0: like the writing was great about season six i didn't have any that's crazy any problems with the writing I have season six as my number four. You have it as your number two. My number two, and you know, just you know, I just gotta really preface this with how disrespectful Chase is putting season one (laughs) in seventh place. Season one is the second best season of Game of Thrones, and I'm gonna tell you why. Number one, we get introduced to the main protagonists and antagonists. We see White Walkers before the people get to see White Walkers and take the freaking head off that guy in the in beyond the wall. Super badass. Uh, we had the tournament of the hand, where I don't know, we only saw okay, the Clegane cool. Bowl part one there. <laughs> that was super badass. We have to see Ned Stark fight Jamie Lannister one-on-one. The sword fight was super cool. That was pretty cool. Tyrion gets taken. We meet Braun for the first time. He has that awesome first trial at the fucking uh, against Eliza Aaron up there in the Erie. That was the You always say you're giving me that face, man. You <laughs> get fucking Rom Stark named King in the North because he's got to go try to fi- get his father released. Ned Stark gets put in the damn dungeon. Uh, we see okay, Ned, yeah. Ned confront Cersei about her incestual children with her fucking brother. Things uh, we do for love. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, but that's an iconic line. You know, when you play a Game of Thrones, you either win or you die. Like, yeah, that's, that's a, a pretty big, big one. fucking quote. That's and a I don't know what one. happens. Oh, I guess just Jamie Lannister throws Bran out a fucking window and <laughs> puts everything into motion. Makes him yeah, like, like his was... big arc where he begins becoming the Three-Eyed Raven. Uh, you know, Khal Drogo... He's a big guy. He marries Daenerys. He kills Viserys by throwing the darn crown on him. Yes. Go crown, full king. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude. Like, so many big things. Like, the dragons are born. Daenerys, like, comes into the fire, comes out with three freaking baby dragons. Symbolism of three. Like, and then obviously the big moment at the end, you know, they take Ned Stark's head off. Like, dude, there's so many It games. was a great season. I can't argue with you. It was the second I just best couldn't. season ever. Even Robert Baratheon was cool as fuck. I love Robert Baratheon. He was funny as shit. He was a terrible Robert king. Baratheon was a fat fuck. Dude, he was a terrible <laughs> king, but he's funny me. as shit, man. Like, he... Oh, dude. There are just so many good things. You get to see what kind of a snake... Here's a fat by Both, bug bite both actually, in Season 1, both these guys were snakes. Peter Baelish and Varys. They are both a little Because Remember, Varys was in the dungeon with earlier like, fucking plotting some usurper shit. And then he had Baelish, like... I told you not to trust me. Fairness like, wasn't near me? as bad as Baelish. Dude, are you, he was worse. He was Baelish trying to get a foreign dignitary. And talking season one, he was trying to get a Baelish Baelish foreign was dignitary. was never
1: as bad as Baylish.
0: was there. trash.
1: I would throw the great debate card right now, <laughs> but I don't know that we have the time. Dude, I'll uh, tell you
0: right now, man, they were both big ass snakes, but the funny thing is, is they both hit each other now. Uh, there's just so many big things that happened. They had the decision to either kill. Daenerys And, like, on Robert's deathbed, she's like, hey, I made a mistake. You were the only one that told me right, Ned. Call the shit off. He tried to call it off. That didn't get called off. Luckily, you know, Jorah did his thing later on. But, like, dude, this is where you really got to see who was who. Who were the good guys? Who were the bad guys? Like, you know, who are we following going forward? There's just so many big moments that happen in Season 1. Like, obviously, you see what kind of piece of shit Joffrey is. You, you kind of not know how bad he is until... Uh, you know, he tries to attack the butcher's boy. Then the do- and then Nymeria bites Joffrey. Then Joffrey gets his sword thrown in there. Sansa tries to take care of him, and he like lashes out at her. Then gets the dog killed. Like, you just get to see how big of pieces of shit the Lannisters really are in season one, Yeah, like, I agree with that. There's so many, dude. I'm just telling you, that Ned yeah. Stark versus Jamie Lannister's sword battle one was dope as fuck. And, like, it, like, it was just so unfinished because he had, like, Jamie's man like, put, a, like, a stab in his leg. And it was completely different in the uh, book. Uh, you know, in the book, they were on horses, and, they like, Ned fell from the horse, and that's how he broke his leg, but... Either way, in in what we're doing on screen here, there's no way I could put season one any lower than number two in my spot.
1: Man, I still can't believe you
0: think varies is worse than peter baelish That's i said just, in season one not overall oh
1: okay i thought you meant overall. no 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 no, no 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 season season, i one, thought you meant overall okay no, no, that no. saves it because literally like
0: that. he he's the master whispers to a king and he's trying to usurp him underneath his the dungeons and then like the fucking he <laughs> gotcha. like, brought the foreign guy there like dude that's like okay. that's like me okay, bringing yeah. in like fucking kim jong-un and being like i love yeah. i love a president though I <laughs> like agree you that. know okay, what yeah. i mean dude like
1: i agree with uh, that i was about to give you a no uh,
0: was it um steven a smith that's ass a nine that's a 10 that's <laughs> a 12 yeah right yeah no i like i said i'm talking about just season one alone the various I, I believe is just as big of a, as a snake then and then he started realizing In once one, cause, because because yeah. robert died then he's like okay Varys, like okay maybe I can help shape the next king and then he started becoming you know better and better as i would say but i agree with that season one yeah so now we have both. Think you know the only thing that's left is both our number one spots. I don't think that this is just like the yeah. MCU, man. For mm-hmm. some
1: reason, we both always wind up on top.
0: Because I think we always both like the, the the episodes that either shock us or like, dude, the good guys are getting fucked up. Like, yeah. Empire Strikes Back, Infinity War. <laughs> it's I'm so like, dude, true. That's our that's Ooh, our that's our dude, thing, that's <laughs> our thing, man. Malice in the Chalice, Malice and the Chalice. <laughs> yeah, man, dude, 100%. you a little, little dilly up in here. You need some more? Yeah, give
1: me some of that dilly. All right. Some of that fucking dilly up in my drink. All right, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, that sounded bad, bro. <laughs> I like I how that sounded. <laughs> but uh, this is the one, man. You know nothing, Jon Snow. Dude, give you him... You got a, some vows. I want you to break them. Give,
0: <laughs> give him why you think it's number one. I'll give him why I think it's number one, and we'll see which ones overlap and which ones we both thought of if the other one didn't.
1: I got season three as number one, baby, as... If any of you are Game of Thrones fans and you don't rake Season 3 near the top, then You're you haven't really been fan. paying attention. Like <laughs> yeah, that. that was, good. Yeah. That was um, good. Season 3. So, of course, I'm a huge Targaryen. As you know, Targaryen, Stark, Daenerys, Rob. Uh, here's the thing is this is when Danny really gets her power in the season. Like when the Unsullied. She takes the whip and commands the Unsullied. That's a huge moment. Even going back to season six when it's referenced, uh, they say, and the dragons that you stole from Castor Samana Klaus will be slaughtered. (laughs) And you'll return like the beggar queen you are. No, she took that shit and said a dragon is not a slave <laughs> and had this entire intellectual... Oh, you like I didn't say completely there, baby. <laughs> you don't try now. Anyways, I uh, had this intellectual plan, and I just thought it was so genius the way she did it. Then you had that big moment with Jon Snow. You know, he finds true love for the first time, and they're fucking in the cave, and I got some vows, I want you to break them. You got some (laughs) (laughs) vows? Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) then she says, you know, you know nothing, Jon Snow, that iconic line there. Season three, probably the most iconic moment I think any of us remember. We thought your boy, I thought he was gonna be the main character of this whole show, for the whole time. Um, and... We saw what happened, along with the heartthrob that was his love interest, with the baby, and Catelyn goes down all at one time in the whole into Northern Wedding.
0: The whole Northern Army because of
1: that fucking conniving little bastard Walder Frey that never could take any of his own responsibility because he's a little bitch, and it 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 sparked the whole. It was this season, in my opinion, that put Game of Thrones on the map.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Is that what you have for it? That's, that's what okay. I put as number one, yeah. Yeah, dude. I've got season three number one as well. Uh, for a lot of what you mentioned and a lot more as well, this is where we see Sam Tarly running away from the Fist of the First Men with like White Walkers on his ass about to kill him. Uh, we have the Hound fight and Dondarrion. That was really cool. Remember mm-hmm. that? Like he yeah. had the flaming sword. That was badass. They had too. A big yeah, ass, the like, like, yeah mm-hmm. like that and that was uh and... that was before the actor change, I think, wasn't it? Wasn't it that no no, no 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 that was still that was still the moment. The only the only time we had the first Barrack was in season one when that okay, small season moment one, okay. Where, right, where he close. sent him to go take gotcha. out the Mountain. That's so okay. we yeah. we still had this same barrack that we we've come to know. Um, obviously Melisandre's prophecy comes into play here. Yeah. The, the mm-hmm. brown eyes, green eyes, blue eyes. That's his season three. Yeah. That was um, a big one. Mm-hmm. Dude. We find out, you know, like they take Gendry and needs to use, like strips him down. Like Melisandre gets on top of him, leeches him and tries to get his blood to kill the other yeah. kings. That's uh, huge. You know, but this is also, you know, the hound kind of kidnaps the Arya. Chickens.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the chickens. Yeah. Three chickens. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah like we have like the hound and Arya's friendship kind of starting. I mean, he kidnapped yeah. her at first. You know, and then he tries to take her to, uh, to, what's it called, the twins to sell her to Catelyn and Rob for ransom. And obviously we see what happens there. But then they start traveling together and he kind of takes on that father figure role towards her. Mm-hmm. So that, this is where it really starts out. Now, keep in mind also, the Wildlings, Jon Snow mm-hmm. is the captive of the Wildlings and he climbs the wall with them. Yeah. He climbs the wall with them. And this is like where they've got to fight. He kills... That one eagle guy, the guy who can war in the eagles. Yeah, um, that's when you he know. got the scar. I yeah, remember? and, and yeah. then like, but then the crazy part is like, not even like 50 feet away was Bran and Mira and them in mm-hmm. the damn tower with Hodor. <laughs> like, you have that big moment there where everything could have went went to shit or go. You know, it was really crazy. Um, Tyrion and Sansa get married in season three. Uh, that I think it was a sham wedding, but you have like Tyrion like. Talk shit to to Joffrey and yeah. Tywin has to jump in like ah oh, wait Neil he's, he's like <laughs> yeah. he's drunk he's drunk <laughs> but actually, actually Neil was season four yeah, yeah that was when he was drunk yeah that's right then uh, it's like to your point as well uh, Daenerys gets the unsullied uh, remember this was a big important part Jamie Lannister loses his hand Locke takes Jamie <laughs> no, Lannister's yeah, hand yeah that's a huge part yeah, absolutely yeah. and then obviously uh, Theon he gets mutilated he gets his parts removed by Ramsay in season three like oh yeah is, that's dude, right. Season 3 has everything that you want in in a season. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he doesn't even get to finish or anything, poor guy. And then, (laughs) then obviously, we have, at the very end, the Red Wedding. Your part, like, where we're like, hey, this guy, he's on his revenge tour. We're going to follow him. This would be, like... If you guys ever read the books, Aragon, Aragon's uncle Garrow dies. Not to you know, if we do this later on. Sorry for like the little quick uh, <laughs> thing there, but Uncle Garrow dies, and Aragon goes on his, on his revenge tour to fight and kill the king. Right? That would be like you know Aragon dying halfway through his journey. Like what the fuck That's the main character, motherfucker? <laughs> Are you kidding me? So yes, yeah. uh, you know Robb Stark dying was super unexpected. Uh, you know he made a lot of mistakes. He should have never killed Ricard Karstark because then he wouldn't have needed the phrase in the first place. So that he shouldn't have never, maybe never married Talisa until after everything was done either there there was a lot of things that could have been done that Rob did wrong but either way you know he was in it for all the right reasons he's like you guys you know I'm here I don't even want to be king I just want to get vengeance from my father's death no one else has given it to me and then he, he halfway through his journey just, it ends abruptly and he's no longer the main guy and you don't expect it it's it hurts you in the heart when you see them all die, and then like they slit Catelyn so on top of it. So the mom, the the firstborn son, his wife, and his baby, and all the Northmen are now you know all on the and that revenge tour. It gets ended quickly, <laughs> like the coronavirus canceled a lot of stuff in the real <laughs> yeah, world. Man. Well, the Red Wedding canceled the, the Rob Stark revenge tour real quick. Yeah, so that's for sure. To to epic. wrap up our season rankings, I'm going to go through the the listing once more to give you guys it all in one order. I've got season eight last, season seven second to last, season five third to last, season two fourth to last. I've got season six in fourth place, season four in third, season one and two, and season three in first place. So eight, seven, five, two, six, four, one, three. What do you got, brother? I got uh,
1: season eight and last. I like the bells and the long night, <laughs> but otherwise it needs some help. Uh, season two, I have second to last, so in seventh, but I did like the Battle of Blackwater. <laughs> uh, season one, I have third to last, ranked sixth, but it was pretty badass. I can't lie, it's was badass. <laughs> uh, season five, or sorry, season seven, I have ranked uh, that's one, two, three, four, so fourth to last, so ranked fifth. Uh, season seven is ranked fifth because Beyond the Link was the Tits McGee. Mm-hmm. It was badass. Um, and season four, I have ranked fourth, ironically, uh, because, you know, murdered her, raped her, killed her children. And then season five, I have ranked third because of that badass, badass moment protect your queen. And uh, season six. Ranked number two because of the Faceless Men, Battle of the Bastards, Daenerys and Astapor. Uh, season three, uh, ranked one because, of course, you know, you know nothing. Jon Snow, The Red Wedding, Daenerys gets unsullied. And I forgot to mention, of course, Dario Naharis drops heads all over the floor yeah <laughs> yeah the original so, day, it though.
0: was uh it was so go to it one time I mean, in
1: just a row it goes yeah uh season eight ranked last in eighth season two and seventh season one and sixth season seven in fifth season four and fourth season five and third season six and second and first still season three
0: cool awesome that is our season rankings with some reasons on it and i know the next thing that we're looking to jump into you're going to give them a little bit of the game of thrones history right yeah and what's uh this is going to be cool yeah. yeah this is
1: good stuff i know you guys haven't gotten to hear a lot of history in a while and i know that's what uh, uh you know we get a lot of cool reviews on that just because that's one of the small things that sets us apart where you know you don't necessarily get that on the show or in the direct line of books. Um, so what's cool here is, especially if you've been tuning into our episodes in this arc, where you've heard some of the history here and there, this is gonna all put it in one timeline. So this is gonna make sense for you. So you've heard the cool stories about, say the Blackfire Rebellion or the Field of Fire, or remember we talked about Teen Mo when he threw his braid down, cause he was one of the legendary calls all that is going to be in order now um and you're going to understand why they were trying to make blood moon and why it got canceled um this is all going to make sense in order so we'll just kind of dive into it so
0: yeah man hit them with the history bro
1: yeah so starting in the beginning this is actually everyone always thinks aegon's conquest is the beginning It was not the beginning i'm sorry (laughs) the beginning is actually the dawn age So this is actually what they were trying to make Blood Moon after um, which is why it really didn't kick up because they didn't know what they were going to do around it It actually could have been really cool as I started diving into this thing but you'll see why in just a bit So the Dawn Age is right when the Giants and the Men uh, actually made a peace agreement and started ruling together with the Children of the Forest So the Children of the Forest uh, lived amongst themselves and had all these cultural practices And basically what was going on um, was the first men kept cutting down trees of children of the forest so they had a war that was the first men and the children of the forest Uh, when they declared war uh, is when actually the first men started expanding a little bit west they weren't really west at all this time actually the first uh, races in The game of thrones world started east and then they expanded west but what happened was this war broke out because they kept cutting down Werewood trees so which makes the Werewood trees so significant to the show today Um, so the children of the forest eventually wind up winning the war and they actually come to terms with the first men and the giants which the first men and the giants have a problem later on But what happens is, in exchange to never cut down another weirwood tree, um, which they would, you know, the children of the forest would allow them to surrender peacefully instead of you killing them all because they beat them with all their magic and fire. Um, So because of this until present day is why you still have weirwood trees like you had in the godswood and actually in the books in King's Landing and that sort of thing. Otherwise they probably would have all been cut down. Uh, this is what sparked the Age of Heroes. So this was actually thousands of years is during this time. So this was actually thousands of years even before Aegon. Um, but what happened was you had a Age of Peace that was between the First Men, the Giants and the Children of the Forest. And this is when you wind up getting these legends that we know today. So during this peace time which led up right to the very end so these legends started coming about at the end of the um this age here which is the age of heroes is what they call it the legends that came about were bran the builder garth greenhand land the clever that we talked about earlier in episodes remember he was the sly bastard that kind of stole casterly rock for the lannisters told him it was haunted and shit and then you had Durin God's grief. So these were very big legends. Bran the Builder built the wall. Garth Greenhand was actually the first High King ever. First one. He was an ancient ancestor of all the houses. He was actually the first man to even explore Dorne and interact between humans and giants. So that's pretty interesting because of like Jon Snow and all that. And then we know who Land the Clever is. Like I just told you. And during God's Grief, he was actually the most famous house that ever came about from Durandon. And he was known as the legendary Storm King and founded Storm's End, which is pretty significant.
0: And that's where Robert Baratheon is from. Right, exactly.
1: Um, and then he did have a daughter. Um, so Elayne is actually the daughter of the sea, who is a direct daughter of the old gods and according to the story so elaney that was actually his wife so the daughter of the sea was Elaney, and they fell in love and then what happened was according to legend um, she committed her mortal life to him and there was a massive storm from the gods that wound up destroying parts of Storm's End so during God's grief uh, on his wedding night What happened was during this storm, a lot of his family members were killed by what they thought was the gods of the sea, which this is just legend. And because of that, angered in his rage for all his guests that died, he declared war against the gods and actually wound up building large fortresses. So this comes into play later. So how this comes into play, so... He was really known for building fortresses with magic, with giants, because he interacted with the giants. So what happened was later on in life, as he became very old, he met this guy called Brand the Builder. So what happened was you started having all this shit that happened with the others and the whites, and he was the one that gave Brand the Builder the idea to build the wall. So that's a pretty significant piece. Um, legend claims that Bran built the wall because he was inspired by mentorship from uh, Duran um, because of his war on the old gods that he worshipped.
0: Not Prince Duran from Dorne because this is way out of the timeline. No, this is way before. Yep. This is the first. Just want to make sure that people get names. They don't. Yeah.
1: That's a big thing too because you'll even hear here how we were talking about how there was another Daenerys. Mm. There's a Daenerys in here. I'll talk about. It's not Daenerys Targaryen. Mm. There are a lot of people that wind up having the same names, which brings up a very good point, like you were saying about the first of your name, Mm -hmm. because there's definitely some difference there. Like it could have been just a thing with the show, but it just. It's just a difference, really. Um, so then, what you wound up having at the very end of this Age of Heroes came about a few more legends. You had and Star Eyes, who we've talked about before. This was the guy in the book that was blind, that had a dragon glass spear on both ends, that was a hero in the Long Night that is very similar to Arya stark night. the first long night yes, <laughs> just so everyone's clear <laughs> the first long yeah. thousands of years ago guys yeah. thousands of years ago but this is why it's just funny you have these characters that are very similar to ones we saw in the show um and he fought with that double-sided dragon glass spear um and actually wound up joining the knight's watch um then you have another guy that's very significant so this guy was called Seryn of the Mirror Shield, which is very interesting. <laughs> so this guy, his the thing that got him noticed was he rescued Princess Dorisa, who was a Targaryen princess, one of the first, from attacking giants. Um, he used a mirror shield to shine a reflection, the giant was known as Verax, blinding him and then slayed him by plunging a spear through his eye, and also was a descendant of an ancestor of Dorne. So, like, how it's very interesting how you're seeing similarities between that and Oberyn Martell, as far as in the books with his like mirror shield. But so then, at this point, we wind up going in with all these heroes fight in the Long Night. So the Long Night occurred right at the very end of this peaceful age. It was said creatures known as the Others came from frozen lands of winter and extinguished all light and warmth. In the books, this is in the books, they actually rode ice spiders, which would have been ridiculous for the show. It's
0: interesting because now my question is, that doesn't specifically say that they're an army of dead people. Right. So, it's, I don't know. really weird. Okay.
1: All it says is, this is exactly quotes from the books. So like other so I mean I don't know. The show made it look like they were dead people.
0: Yeah, they didn't make it look, they said that this is the army of yeah. the dead.
1: <laughs> now, and here's what it does say though, quote unquote and rode horses of the dead and resurrected the dead to fight on their behalf. So it makes you wonder maybe they weren't completely dead.
0: Oh, so it's like the whites are the dead people, but like the others are a different species mm-hmm. entirely, but they resurrect the dead. Right. Interesting. So it, oh, bro, this is really cool. I like that. Different, right?
1: And this is direct quotes from books written by George R.R. Martin. This isn't some shit you get
0: on the internet. No, is it, which one is that from the This
1: is the history of ice and fire. Got it. Got it. We haven't gotten into Fire and Kingdoms. Blood and Night and Seven okay. Kingdoms. That's all about targaryen civil wars when this happens got it yeah which we'll get into that in a minute so um this is when this is very interesting because then we start talking about we have actually some quotes from the citadel about this so it says the citadel started trying to this is way down the road after the long night when the citadel was formed okay but this is pertaining to the Long Night. The Citadel with Sefton Barth. Septon Barth is the guy in the episode where we talked about when Balerion died, he ran out to the courtyard and he tried to save the princess with Balerion. But remember, they were infested. Balerion. Balerion. You know, I got you. terrible names. I know. Um, Help you out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and it says they tried to start predicting seasons at this point. But the inconsistency of seasons had to do with magic is what they blame it on, which I don't know
0: if that's actually the case. He's probably laughing at my names or some shit. No, no. Yeah. No, Mike, I'm, <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to do it for the seasons because like, we always had questions right? about. Because, yeah. you know, you were born in the long summer. Like a summer can be like nine years long. Like that's like I'm mm-hmm. not laughing. I'm like, like I, no, I'm yeah. glad that we're starting to figure this good out. Good stuff. I was going to laugh <laughs> at the ice spiders. So that was good <laughs> shit.
1: Just crazy how this is all coming into play. So it was actually argued by Septim Barth. At one point, according to his research, this is nowhere in the books but a quote from him, so we don't know what the research is. This is just research he claimed he found. Seasons were regular length at one point. Then light and dark seemed shorter as time passed on. By word of mouth, we have no written record That light and dark seemed shorter it just seemed shorter so that's interesting to think about and then what happened right after this you had the original long night battle this is what blood moon was going to be about so this could have been really cool with these big age heroes i just think it didn't clash on well because there's a lot of people unless you really break Game of Thrones down like we do, you don't really know about a lot of this stuff. Even if you read the books, a lot of people just read the main series. Mm-hmm. So this could have been very cool, but I think they're doing it the better way. More people will be able to relate to like Robert Trebellion and the Targaryen Civil War than this because they haven't really heard of any of these people. Right,
0: exactly, just in passing, like you know when they would reference it in this right. show.
1: And here's, uh, so this is cool. And we talk about prophecies a lot. And this is when you'll start to see a lot of prophecies. Because the Long Night battle in the Citadel itself is called, not the Long Night, it is called the Battle for the Dawn. Okay. So, and you're about to see why. So, the children of the forest and the first men, with their peace agreement still in play, because they didn't cut down any of the were trees. They fought against the others together. History says what happened was, and this is cool because this is what we were actually talking about for some of our thinking about for rewrites, made it all the way to Westeros. The whites and the others made it all the way to Westeros. The children and the first men pushed them all the way back north, holding their territory azor ahai is that how you say the name azor (laughs) ahai i wrote it down i just could never pronounce it (laughs) the prince that was promised was said to be the hero of the entire battle of the dawn according to history and this is directly out of the citadel and a quote from the book it reads a darkness hero fought against them with a red sword interesting a darkness hero And he said, his deeds are said to have been performed with the rise of Valyria in the earliest age of old Gis. Remember in previous episodes where we talked about the old Gis empire? Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that in a minute, too. But, and that'll come into play. When forming its empire, that's part of the quote. The legend spread west to Azai. So the legend was there. Before it even got to Azai,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is where we think it usually comes from.
0: Wait, Ashai? A Ashai. 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 Yeah. Sorry, I read yeah, it out shadow like the Shadowlands. Like the Shadowlands. Okay. Ashai. 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 Ashai yes.
1: So it was there before it even got to Ashai. Okay. Like how wild is that? The followers of the area of Ashai, I always say Azai. Ashai claim the hero to be Azor Ahai, pro- did I say that right? Yeah. Azor Ahai? Yeah. Prophesized his return. He fought others in a small flank, left with a flame sword and the children of the forest. Old Gasiri was forming its empire at the time. And were said to be descendants of demons. Remember when we were talking the about the Gasari, yeah, the Gasari. So Gasari, right? Yeah, no, you're talking about yeah. That, that's yeah. over
0: in like the like support right. right? Exactly. Yeah, so it.
1: why this was occurring out west because they were pushing them back north. Got it. So two different places here. So this kind of starts to put it in perspective for people. So it makes sense. Um, which remember, you know, Danny, where she was, she was in that area, kind of towards the uh, old Gis Empire area mm-hmm. early on. Um. so it says the others were shoved back by the prince that was promised back north in the battle of Don <clears throat> it said Brand the builder built the wall with magic with the help of giants and the children of the forest the night's watch later 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 on was then established and the houses then of course expanded on the continents But this is when you started having the rise of Valyria. So a lot of people get confused. They think, you know, the Long Night with the... They don't know it's called the Battle of Dawn. But they think it happened like during Valyria or Valyria came first. This was all before. So this was even before Mm Valyria. Then you had the rise of Valyria. So the Valyrian Empire. So Westeros recovered from the Long Night after they shoved the others and the whites back and built a wall uh valyria stood across from the gassiri empire so this is when we're going to start getting into the gassiri wars because it was like that rivalry that yeah. happened is basically what happened valyria stood in the very middle of 14 volcanoes so this is where people said you had dragons that were born like the rise of dragons you started having rumors that said they came out of the 14 volcanoes no one really knows we'll talk about those rumors in a minute but it was first recorded the dragon dragon rider during this age was adam valeria who we talked about a little bit in previous episodes he rode sea smoke it was actually a somewhat small dragon and was a blue dragon but he is just the, there's not a whole lot known about him. He's just the first recorded one. And this is when the Gassiri's wars begin. So the Gassiri wars begin with the rise of old Giss. which remember the rise of old Giss, And they were the original ones that invented the lockstep pattern. So the lockstep pattern was what the Unsullied took down as their military form, which is why they're always able to
0: hold the lines. Mm-hmm. So these were some badass motherfuckers, which is exactly what they did in the Long Night that we saw on screen when they kept going back and trying to defend the battlements of Winterfell when they kept getting mowed down by the Army of the Dead. They kept yeah, right. So yeah, so it just shows like they're
1: badass. Malice in the Chalice, by the way. Malice in the Chalice. Maybe we need a drink for this one. Yeah. Right one of the long ones mm-hmm. <laughs> um so the first war was an attack from gassiri to valyria so they attacked valyria first it occurred actually very soon after the long night because old Gasiri like I said, was already building its empire during this time. They just weren't quite built up. So it was kind of like a fuck you thing. Like if you're just gonna go ahead and build your shit when we've already started building ourselves up, well, we're just gonna wipe you out. So that's what they did. And they already had some of the pyramids built up. It's still not known exactly what happened during this time, but they declared war on Valyria and Valyria was able to hold them off. So we don't know how, People suspect it could be from the dragons. It's just too early of a time to have really any record of it, is what the citadel says. Uh, so then they actually, about 100 years later, went into the Second War. That was uh, so there was this kingdom called the Kingdom of Sarnor. This is actually near the Free City States of what's today. So the Free Cities. Um, it was kind of more west of that, but it, it doesn't really exist today but um it's close the way it's described is close to the middle of valyria and gassiri so it was basically sitting in the very middle mm-hmm. is where it was um so <clears throat> because it existed on a mountainside and the people were referred to as sonori of the, i don't know why they're called that that's just the people of that kingdom but because it existed on a mountainside and had a lot of resources valeria wanted it got it so valeria tried to take it over and the gasiri actually came back in and drove them off entirely not completely ha suck it <laughs> took you know, a shot on the entirely part fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyways and it actually still remains independent today that land area so it's not really an area like the name isn't there like kingdom of whatever but that land area is still independent today um and it says uh, Valyrians sided with the Sonori and the Sonori came to an agreement with Valyria and we're going to let them actually occupy them as a nation. But the Gasiri weren't having that shit and completely shut entirely. Fuck. Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the uh, Gasiri wiped out the entire area mm-hmm. entirely <laughs> and took them all off. So it's now an independent nation today. So, Uh, that area. It's not even the kingdom anymore. But the Third Gesseri War then started. So the Third Gesseri War continued expansion of the Gesseri. So they're trying to build their empire and fight back against Valyria because they wanted to be the top. Um, So they took their conquest to the Baskalisk Isles, um, which is still known as the Isle of Tears. Where this is nowadays is southeast Essos. So it's south of Essos. So can't get any farther than that south okay really um but for four centuries they actually occupied this area and valyrians just let it go like they just were like fine they've already caused us enough trouble let them do their thing uh here you go this way this will help you back take a little fucking little squeaky swig little malice in the chalice baby Get your dilly on. Get your fucking dilly out there. I don't want, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to my dilly. Out, I think
0: I think you go to jail for getting your dilly out. Oh, so. fucking dilly dilly. I, <laughs> I, no, I think see. we need to think of a different word than that. <laughs> I think I told you one
1: time. I went to work one time, and like I always said that. And this lady goes, "Well, hello there, dilly." This old lady, and she <laughs> thought Jeez. my name was fucking dilly for like the longest time. <sighs> Anyways, uh, <laughs> so that stood for four centuries, and Valeria captured it. Um, eventually. Because they got sick of the Gasseri trying to rise to power and expand using their dragons and they actually renamed it Gogasos, which um, that little tiny city that's there is still actually standing today. okay but um, you have that or they recaptured it because they're finally like, listen, like now you're causing a problem. like you're trying to expand. Fourth Gasseri war. Now we're into the nitty-gritty of this shit. So the first war started back in Sonori. So they started taking over all their home areas. So we're not just on that kingdom now. Like now they're coming back again, trying to get their shit together with their lockstep, lockstep legions is what they were called. So they were similar to the Unsullied. Okay. And they're trying to take over again. What happened was there was Valyria wound up making allies with people. Gassari didn't. They just had their own shit because everyone fucking hated them. Uh, valyrians wound up capturing an island called zimitar which was near the gasseri with their allies um it's a city on the coast of the colonies is where it's described on the map but then we go straight into the fifth gasseri war because the gasseris still didn't want to have it like just won't end their shit like fucking get over it so, the last Gesseri War took place in 4700 before conquest. This is still how far before we are. 4700 before Aegon. <laughs> That's huge. The Gesseri War, uh, what happened was the old Gesseri Empire ceased to exist and expand their conquest when Valyrians took dragons and dragon lords over to the Gasseri Empire and burned them to ash.
0: Like, I'm sick of it. Like, we do try this five times. Like this we're is, just gonna wipe yeah. you out now.
1: It describes <laughs> in the Citadel, it says, quote, unquote, in the Citadel, Valyrians set fire so bad to crops nothing would grow for years. Remaining Gaseri cities were made colonies of Valyria. Gaseris were made slaves and they chose to kill every single last man, woman, and child, and the Gisiri culture became extinct, the language of Old Gis survived only in words, which is today with the unsullied, because it was spoken down through high Valyrian dialect in c- cities only, such as Yunkai, Marine, and Astapor.
0: Got it, so that's where that's so old GIS is basically Low Valerian.
1: Low Valerian.
0: Got it. Yeah. Okay.
1: It, which is fucking crazy. Yeah. Like imagine like if they had just stopped. Like they tried to make peace with them.
0: They, they try they try to do five different wars. <laughs> like fucking <Get> crazy. crazy.
1: <laughs> but the statue that Danny tore down is what they were said to actually almost like what they worshipped and gotcha. kind of thing, like demons. Um Daenerys targaryen has a quote in the books she says five times old gifts contended with valyria when the world was young five times they went down in bleak defeat for the freehold had dragons and the empire did not (laughs) (laughs) that's all that matters you bring a fucking dragon in there you're fucked
0: (laughs) yeah usually how it works
1: (laughs) insane um and then it says beside according to the citadel The only thing handed down besides small words of the language, which made low Valyrian, was the lockstep pattern by word of mouth that was eventually told to Unsullied and close descendants of the they say the old gis empire but there really was nothing left i guess like people in that area is what they were saying so just told by word of mouth to people that are very close citizens um valeria was never challenged by anyone else ever again like that was their rival like the, after that no one would fuck with them ever this is when remember we started talking about the great the calls doom
0: came to literally they killed out themselves oh uh, we're gonna get to that <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> Uh, Remember when we started talking about in the episodes, the calls. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is when you start having that period of the calls, because during this period, no one would challenge Valyria. And as everyone knows, the calls were almost like barbarians. Mm -hmm. So what happened was old Gis was done. Like there was no one in that area. So you had the calls that were trying to take over. So you had Gazdan the Great. Gazdan the Great was the first legendary king of the calls um and um so what happened sorry mistake that sorry he was actually the first king of the new Gasseri empire i'm going to get into team mode in a minute um so he was the first king of the new gassari G- uh empire gazdan the great so not a call at all first uh king of the new Gasseri empire um he uncovered the ruins of the old Gasseri, which brought them back to have people today where did the dragons come from? Here's those theories. So, Valyrians claim dragons were born out of the 14 volcanoes surrounding them. Mm-hmm. People in Karth claim there was a second moon in the sky at night, and the moon cracked open and hatched millions of dragons. I <laughs> fucking doubt it. And then the Ashai claim that first men brought dragons to Valyria and taught Valyrians how to tame them. I fucking doubt it. Anyways, um, dragon evidence has been found from anywhere... From uh, far north to the jungles of Sotherios, which is uh island in Essos, um, it says it's likely dragons were actually found there before Valyrians, because they had paintings of them. And the theory is most likely true, uh, just because there's so much evidence of ruin there that have burned. Um, Valyrian steel actually has been found there, which has been handed down today, as we know. Um However, according to Archmaester, um, it says, here's interesting, only 227 weapons remain of Valyrian steel in the Seven Kingdoms to this day, which means, like, all the ones we know, they're one of the 227. Um, And then, of course, Valyrians continued to expand after the Gesseri Wars, and this is very interesting. So, the one free city that held its own was the city of Braavos. And the reason why is the story of Bravos said Valyrians tried to take it over. And there was a slave revolt, almost like Spartacus, that occurred in Bravos. Uh, Bravos, they worshiped so many different gods, as we know, and had so many different cultures in the tongue. Uh, Valyrian trade was prominent there.
0: I know death, it has many faces. Fucking slay. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, and then so they just basically they didn't they just let them be like they were too valuable of a place with resources uh the andals actually arrived from the city of Axwood there in there and expanded westeros with hugor hill who is a legendary descendant uh, of the andals uh the andals wound up uh, after the gasseri war to Westeros because Valyrians refused to let them occupy land in Essos, which is how the Andals got to Westeros. Um, they were successful in Westeros. We're about to go into the Dothraki, this is where that comes in. And Dothraki began calling him Rushisandali. So remember that speech I gave where Danny is like, Rushisandali. That's where that comes from, uh, which means the land of the Andals. Um, in which the Andals, this is interesting, the first place that was established. Was the Vale of Aaron, okay. which we always talk about the Vale, and they continued to expand west from there. Uh, Sir Aaron was a legend. Uh, he was the current king of the area, uh, of the area and was killed. Um, but eventually, the House of Aaron was established. Uh, you can still see paintings there today. Is what it says in the Citadel. Uh, they continued to expand through the Iron islands, which took a thousand years and they tried to enforce the reign of the seven kingdoms um, where the Iron Islands refused to convert. Um, The Iron Islands, this is very interesting. So you know they worship the drowned god. So, of course, they have no temples, no holy books. Uh, Priests even eat fish, mostly only fish, uh, just to worship the sea. Um, Whatever they plunder, of course, they take. You know, they rape just because they want to. Um, But the drowned god in the Iron Islands believes you can have multiple wives, a rock wife, a salt wife, and a primary wife, and a side wife. (laughs) Very interesting things. But they believe they were descendants of what's called the Grey King, who ruled the sea and married a mermaid who wore a crown of driftwood, which is where the driftwood crown comes that we saw Euron wear. The Grey King was said to have slayed a sea dragon in the sea and this was the theory behind this is it was all cracked up against the Valyrians to say fuck you like so they really didn't even believe this this is just what they told them because no one had ever seen a fucking sea dragon before Um, but the Ironborn also believed it was religious to have an orgy before your marriage with not the person you're getting married to and it is told they would have multiple orgies if someone died at a funeral without their wife <laughs> so very interesting stuff here could you imagine someone dying and be like yeah i'm about to go fuck tonight yeah <laughs>
0: interesting things well they, they do say that death is one of the biggest aphrodisiacs because you have to affirm like like, like sex is an like ultimate life affirming action mm-hmm. so like uh it's actually con- like death and funerals are considered you ever watched uh, wedding crashers yeah! Okay. That's uh, well the feral at the end. crazy horny! Yeah, exactly. Crazy horny! Yeah. Damn you, Roger!
1: Damn you! Exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah!
0: Death is considered one of the biggest aphrodisiacs. That's great. Oh, that's fucking. Ah, oh, fuck yeah, baby. Mouse of <laughs> the Chow's again. Yeah, let's get
1: another Mally. Fuck
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so, this is where you start having that crazy religion that Yara had. But the great king became known as the drowned god. In a tale that says, for thousands of years, he worked inside the ocean and lived in the ocean. His skin turned into leather and became made of fish scales. His hair became long and gray, and he died by drowning in the ocean, which is where the phrase comes, what is dead may never die, because he yeah. was a mermaid, so he wouldn't die. <clears throat> then you had very small wars... Valyria which were like rebellions so you had Ryanar which was a little island kind of near there Uh, and they had what was actually called the turtle wars so (laughs) someone sacrificed a turtle and they got fucking offended (laughs) so (laughs) they tried to start it actually says quote Valyrians butchered a turtle and they got pissed so they started rebellions against Valyrians it didn't fucking go well um, <laughs> Did you kill my turtle? Yeah, it's fucking bad. They had the first turtle war, the second turtle war. Um, during the second turtle war, the Valyrians just basically fucking wiped them out. Like, they just got... They weren't putting up with it. Um, and then you even had the third turtle war, which they went and fucking backed down, and that's when they were just done. Like, they just wiped them out. You had a, a little tiny wars over spices in this area, so you had... War on Dagger Lake, which was over spices. Another Spice War. So, technically, that's the second Spice War, but they consider this next one after that the second Spice War because the War on Dagger Lake was very small. Um, and they were all just fought over resources. Uh, biggest War was the Ryanish War, um, which was right after this with their little conflict um, when all the conflicts of the one to three Turtle Wars <laughs> built up. Um, and the Ryanish princes actually told Valyrians, we shall all be slaves unless we join together and end this threat. So the Ryaner told their princes that, uh, and then sent a raven to Valyrians that they were going to basically rally. Um, they said, this is a war we cannot hope to win. You got that right. Um, Prince Garin actually is very famous. He led an army against Valyria with water sorcerers uh, from the Iron Islands. Uh, that he found to fight Valyrian dragons um, it was said that he fought Valyrians by destroying their ships surrounding the area one by one uh, the first battle, Garen won his first battle taking over a small Valyrian city with 30,000 men, he became known as Prince Garen the Great after that it is said uh, people in Valantis actually trembled in fear that he would take them over and then the second battle he took allies with the free cities until, of course, here we go dragons came across the strong old cities, fucked them up. Um, Garrett assumed there would be three or less dragons. They brought 300 dragons and wiped them out. <laughs> there you go. There's your turtle wars. Um, <laughs> Garen, actually, we talked about in season five of the podcast. This is really cool. So Garren, because he was the only one to really stand up to the Valyrians besides the old Gis Empire after this point, um, what they did was they put him in a golden cage and hung him over his own city to witness the destruction from Valyria. Um, he was brought to what's called Croan, which is where he was from. And he was forced to watch as men, women, children were all beheaded and then burned. And then a women, more women were raped and then sold as slaves if they were found worthy enough. Uh, it is said the prince still haunts Valyria and calls upon Mother Rayon who is said to be the other uh, like lady god besides the drowned god that was a mermaid like another mermaid to avenge her children and cause greyscale said to bring the stone men. so now that makes sense um, after Garen died in the cage of starvation Valyrians began started to mysteriously die Um, It is actually said... Here we go. Princess Nymeria was informed of his death, who is actually an ancestor of the snakes, um, and fleed this area of Rhianar with 10,000 ships after, uh, which is Princess Nymeria Valyrian. More than a year of a long voyage happened, and she founded the peaceful city of Noth. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, Nymeria... She just pretty much stayed there uh, at the end, and then Valyria kicked her ass, and then you have what's called the Doom of Valyria. <laughs> so you can be on top, and then right afterwards well, go to the bottom.
0: Think about it. Think about the Roman Empire and modern day history. I don't say modern day, like in ancient history for us, and, and you know, as a, as, for- a hum- as a human civilization. The Roman Empire lasted for 500 plus years, but then they crumbled and they no longer exist. I mean, think about, like, (laughs) Like, today with this coronavirus.
1: We were on top of the world and... Well,
0: think about it. See, that's one thing I always like to talk about, too, is, you know, with the United States, we've only been a country for 240-something-odd years. Yeah. Like, we haven't been a country very long. Roman Empire doubled our time as, as like, the, the biggest superpower in the world, right? Yeah. And we already have, like, stuff that, like, you know, this virus is one part of the thing and... There's just, you know, other countries that... And I, I love how things are, quote-unquote, more peaceful these days. But the fact is, the Roman Empire was, you know, to correlate it, the, mm-hmm. the, the Valerian Empire. <laughs> they ruled forever. No one could beat them. And then one day, they disappeared, too. Like, you know, like, the, this, just wild. like it doesn't last forever. Like, you know, the, the United States of America will not be the top country forever you know what i mean yeah. it's just not gonna you know even right now we th- we think about what's the top country i don't want to say that because there's a lot of problems that we have as a country you know in other countries I guess are like better than like, maybe UK. May- i am mean, just, just more long thinking along the lines of like uh it, it has got the most power and most influence and i would mm-hmm. say that's the united states generally speaking because most other countries they don't speak in like english as a primary language but they all tried to learn English because that's, quote-unquote, the common language, right? right? So, how do you get the common language? You probably have the most influence. So, I think maybe we have got some of the most influence, but at the end of the day, like I'm saying, any, like you said, you can go from the very, very top to no longer existent in such a short amount of time. You know, 500 years seems like, you know, forever, but we our lifetimes our grandparents lifetimes our great 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 grandparents lifetimes never saw the roman empire you know it's what i mean so it's true. been gone for way longer than it, than it was there and we were talking so. about this
1: earlier like it's like no one wants to believe history repeats itself until it happens i mean look at us now you know it's funny it's 2020 and what year was it, when
0: yeah, it was in, the, in the 1920s exactly, when when uh ago. the spanish flu was a big uh pandemic and also racism was rampant and very very obvious and um, fortunately we we're having a lot of uh, repeats here so it's just wild so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah like you're saying you, <laughs> we have the doom man <laughs> which is the one everyone talks about like people
1: thought this happened like right off the bat but now you're really seeing you know
0: mm-hmm. this is
1: four five thousand years later after everything started yeah um so it's actually centuries after valeria wound up conquering all of essos tried to start expanding west and that's when the cataclysm occurred. So, uh, theories say an explosion of all 14 volcanoes occurred, like Pompeii. Uh, that's the most plausible. Um, but some suspect it was the curse of Garen that <laughs> caused the despite, which is funny relating to today, despite natural pneumonia <laughs> that was yeah. occurring with everybody. Um, it was. But it is said from all of them, it was unlike anything anyone had ever Seen in history, um, it says the original Valyria was destroyed in hours. Their entire empire, um, the Citadel recorded it. Recorded it that quote unquote skies poured molten rock and dragon glass, uh, the blood of black demons. So that's very interesting. Um, but chaos, basically, what happened is they were all wiped out. Like Valyrians were all wiped out. Chaos occurred. After, and there was one that wasn't wiped out, and we're going to talk about him very soon. Chaos occurred afterwards. Aenar Targaryen um, was the only one to escape. He fled Dragonstone um, during this time.
0: Well, Dragonstone was in Westeros, not over in Valyria.
1: but remember I said they were expanding west. Okay. So, like, they had just gotten to the point they were right at Dragonstone when it all erupted so it erupted over essos first and he was just on the very edge of it got it um and basically what happened was uh because they were in that area and it was actually considered free cities because it wasn't really even a territory of valyria he just happened to be there um with his dragons or where the fuck he was um but volantis actually wound up leading a rebellion after valyria went down and conquering other free cities this is when you had a descendant of aenar targaryen aegon targaryen who rode with balerion the dread who was uh the most known dragon ever to this day um he was the son of aenar and targaryen and he allied, made peace with the Prince of Pentos to set the rebellion fleet of Atlantis ablaze. He took Beleriand and by himself ended their entire rebellion <clears throat> with no other help, no other forces, just wiped him out. Um, he ended the entire rivalry in the free cities by himself. And it's still never been a rivalry in that section of the area today. Um... Aegon I, it was said, even lost interest in Volantis because they were so boring and wound up conquesting West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how he went West. This is when you have the Dothraki. Because after the Doom of Valyria and Olgis Empire was done, there was nothing really East at this time. So chaos reigned throughout this entire area. Um, and what happened was they worshiped of course the great stallion like I said it was that big ass horse and they lived like barbarians um, this is 400 years after the doom and the greatest call was known as Caltimo like I was trying to sell before say before so he <clears throat> his first great encounter was the encounter with Caldako who was the first call so the first call and uh, he was known as the Drogo of the North. Um, he encountered Teenmo when he was already old. Uh, Teenmo took Daco captive after he conquered his own Kalasar. So, Daco's Kalasar. He took his wives and children captured and, in front of him, cut off their arms, legs, and burned them in that, whatever that pit thing is. I forgot what we call it. You remember the thing Danny pushed over? He, like, dumped them in there after he cut them off one by one. And uh, he did the same with every single... Did he cut
0: their braids, too? Got to assume, right? I'm
1: assuming so. It (laughs) doesn't say that in the book. But, yeah. And then in front of him, uh, he also cut down every single member of his Dothraki khalasar with his khalasar arm by arm, leg by leg, and watched as the person in front of them in the other kalasar watched their arms and legs burn into the fire as they bled out and
0: died. Like, how
1: fucked up is that? It's, <laughs> it's disgusting! It's, it's a
0: Dothraki, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: Anyways, Teen Mo was no, most known for the Battle of 3000. We talked about this before. So, Tinmo trying tried to conquer what is called as Kahar, which is an eastern city area of the old Gassiri Empire. Uh, the city started becoming reestablished. so think about how badass the old Gassiri probably were because this is just like a little colony. like they've already been fucked up. Like the valyrians fucked them. Yeah. like really fucked them. <clears throat> the city still had had already over 5,000 losses. From the Dothraki at this time, just raining chaos, like, coming through their city, cutting their ass up after Valyria's doom. Teen Mo had led a Kallisar of 25,000 to burn every person in the town in the Dothraki path. The core was in the path, and what they did was they hired the Bright Banners and the first of the Second Sons. Okay. Yeah. The core purchased 3,000 Unsullied as well from Astapor The first day Dothraki prevailed Before The Unsullied got to the city So this was with the first of the Second sons and the bright banners The Dothraki won and it was still a very close Battle Um, It actually says they still killed 5,000 Dothraki men um, And second Sons and bright banners still were able to retreat and survive, so they didn't kill everybody. But then the Dothraki launched on the second day a full frontal assault. Unsullied held the line against the city once they were shipped. 18 times. Remember, we talked about this way early on. Dothraki charges lasted for over four days. 12,000 Dothraki were killed. Only 2,400 Unsullied were killed and only 600 Unsullied remained. That's fucking amazing, if you ask me. With the lockstep pattern. Badass. Caltino removed the rest of his men from the battlefield because of the losses, retreated, cut off his own braid in front of the Unsullied, declared defeat, and was never seen again. Shit. It is still known for the Corps as one of the biggest accomplishments their city has ever had. Um, ever since this moment, Dothraki have stopped trying to conquer free cities on their own, which is why you never see them there. Now we're getting into the nitty gritty, Aegon's Conquest. So the Conquest is, uh, considered complete, but actually Dorne was never conquered, Mm -hmm. uh, which we still talk about today. Um, the Conquest was said to take about two years. It started at the Blackwater Rush, which is near Blackwater Bay today. Yep. Um, he was finally crowned at Oldstown in the Starry Sept, um, but there were tons of battles and conflicts, which we're going to go into, uh, but Beleriand the Dread was the real fucking hero of this. Uh, he just knocked because them the Because it was Aegon and his two sisters, right? Right. We're okay. going to go into that okay. in just a second. Uh, this is just a quick overview. Um, but what happened was Aegon's descendants wound up making their children sleep with three dragon eggs. If they didn't hatch, they were considered Bad omens and were thrown into the fire That's fucked up <laughs> Didn't give a fuck Aegon was born in Dragonstone In 27 years before Conquest He had two trueborn si- siblings Visenya and Rhaenys He married both his sisters Move in the club Stop <laughs> yeah, <fuck> <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Rhaenys rode Marxist And Visenya rode vegar valerian uh the only known dragon to, to survive the doom of valeria uh, which is why they actually think he was so big um but so Vagar and marxist were hatched afterwards during the conquest after the cataclysm um, people claim aegon didn't make it to westeros however it is untrue because in the Citadel. Uh, There is a painted table 50 feet long that is recorded that is still standing. This painted table is no longer painted. It is also seen in Dragonstone. Fuck yes. And (laughs) yes, Um, the table was commanded by him when he conquered Westeros. uh, And the paintings are actually seen on the wall of Aegon. Um, And so what happened was Aegon was crowned in the territory who was a descendant of the Valyrians. The Starks ruled the north at this time and established the north. The deserts were given to Dorne. The Westerlands were given to the Lannisters. The Fertile Reach were given to Highgarden. And the Vale, of course, was already occupied by the House of Arryn. Storm's End was already controlled by House Durrandon. The Riverlands were ruled by Black Heron. House Durrandon... actually even feared aegon the first so much it is recorded as uh argillac who is their king at the time the last storm king offered his own daughter's hand in marriage to aegon because he feared him so much aegon and argillac actually uh did have peace with each other for a moment and he accepted it um but then they had another feud and aegon wound up taking over the riverlands basically saying "fuck you." And Aegon conquered it, and it's called the Defeat at Black Heron. Um, so, some dispute happened there that no one really knows about, but it did happen. Uh, Vicinia, she became known for her sorcery during this time, and she was a really skilled warrior. She actually carried what's called Dark Sister, which is a long great sword. Um, this would be amazing to see in House of Dragon. Um, Rhaenys, beautiful, she wasn't as much of a warrior, but she was gorgeous. Uh, Marxes and was known for actually taking guys into her bedchambers. So Hmm. that's very fucking interesting. Um, (laughs) But they conquered, um, and what happened was they had a lot of rebels that were trying to rise to power, but he ended them with Valyrian the Dread. Um, Ori's Baratheon was the first hand of the king. So that's one of the first ancestors of Baratheon House.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, Ori's even said, He is my stalwart, my shield, my strong right hand and aegon and vicinia uh in the dragonstone area before he got to king's landing put a valyrian steel crown studded with red rubies on his head this is when you start seeing the red ruby stuff uh, aegon was claimed aegon first of his name of all of westeros uh, the veil vale of aegon's biggest proposer opposers um basically sank like they just like, they didn't want to cause a threat at that point. One-third of Aegon's ships um, were, were burned, but the rest and the opposing ships of the Vale were burned by Balerian And he just ended them. Um, and the Vale continued to obey Aegon after that. Aegon then made alliances with the Tullys, and he tried to come to terms with King Heron the Black. Uh, this motherfucker... He was actually known as King Heron the Cruel. <clears throat> Thousands died when he was actually com- he commanded his men to build a five-tower castle so that Aegon <laughs> couldn't burn it to the ground. Um, Heron said, What is outside my walls is no concern to me. These walls are strong and thick. <laughs> Almost like the whole this deal. Is, this is Heron Hall. Yeah, Heron Hall. Yeah, so this is how that massive-ass yeah, yeah. place got built. Aegon <clears throat> even offered Harren to be lord of Riverrun but he refused Aegon refuse. says fine when the sun sets your line will end and don't worry the castle wasn't burned but he was huh. <laughs> so the night happened Aegon took Balerion it's recorded by the citadel soon. "Bathed the entire city in blood black fire surrounded them with swirls of red the towers of Heron Hall burned, however, not entirely to the ground. Everyone in them burned um, in King Heron's direct line. So everyone in the line was dead. Actually, um, Storm King, uh, so um, the Storm King at the time betrayed Aegon and even ambushed him after the battle, um, trying to be loyal to King Harren. So what happened was Rainie's, his sister, arrived with Marxis and burned every single person in his army after that to the ground, as an example. Um, This was actually Dickon Morrigan of Storm's End that betrayed them. Um, But uh, Rhaenys showed up with Marxis after the Battle of Blackhaven. Uh, She was accompanied by Ori's Baratheon. And she saw the king, uh, of course, the king that betrayed them. The, the king, with all this happening, built the halls of Harrenhal. Um, they took no prisoners, and they saw he died on the battlefield. It says, um, it looks as if he died with a curse upon his lips, but he died with the sword in hand. So he fought to the very end of Harrenhal. Um, Argella, who is the daughter, still stay loyal to him, uh, uh, who actually... Um, was barred to the gates after becoming queen of Storm's End following her father's death Uh, for her father's betrayal Rhaenys took her to Storm's End ground with all the descendants after burning all the descendants and uh, what actually happened was Argella said you may take the castle but you can only take my blood and ashes Um, Argella was captured and stripped naked Rhaenys removed her from the city and put a gag on her mouth Argella was delivered to Ori's and it's actually said she got lucky here because Ori's grew fond of her and then what happened offered his hand in marriage after you guys fuck on Uh, so um, Lady Argella actually became Ori's wife who was the first Baratheon one of the first uh, took Storm's in for her own and made the stag as signal so that's how you had the sigil sigil Sigil, Sigil, however the fuck you say it. Fucked up banners over here, you know. Yeah, so the the stag, the reindeer antlers and shit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's the house symbol. Um and the Baratheon house was founded. So then you had the Field of Fire. This is a major major one. Um so Marin It was like Marin the let's see. Marin What's IX? IX Roman numerals. <laughs> I. I want to make sure I get the one right. It's like sixteenth, uh, something like that. Marin the sixteenth, or look something. Look it up right now. Yeah, look that up and then let me know. But of Highgarden, um, and Lauren the First Lannister. So he was like one of the first of Lannister houses. Uh, had an army of fifty-five thousand men, including six hundred lords and knights, to rebel against Aegon the First. They had five times as many men as Aegon, and the battle occurred.
0: I, X is number nine.
1: Nine. I knew it was near, like, what did I say, 16?
0: Because <laughs> so, think of it. V is five, and X is ten. And so if you put the I in front of the X, it's one before ten, it's nine. Got it. Okay. Got it? Okay, cool, cool, cool.
1: And don't worry, we're actually pretty far. Because once we get through Aegon's combat, it goes pretty quickly. Um, but the battle occurred at Blackwater. Uh, Plains which is kind of like the edge of Blackwater Bay Um, But there it's Described this would be badass to see In House of Dragon it was described as The rain was so brutal you could Barely see Um, Marin of Highgarden uh, Intended to Fight Aegon one on One and took him from the Back so this is where I actually wrote ass To mouth in Josh's (laughs) words So he tried to think he was surprising here and take him from the backside um, and Lauren uh, who we talked about as the first land one of the first Lannisters charged head on at Aegon's army who's that fucking similar to Jamie fucking Lannister mm-hmm. yeah with a white stallion Aegon <laughs> with the stallions think about it they're charging at them with stallions they don't have dragons. Aegon flew into the air even with the archers aimed up at him in the outside flanks with Balerion hovering above <coughs> burned Marin's men with their horns as they charged in front of him. Uh, the enemy <coughs> from the back, Rainies and Visenya and Marxists attacked and the fields were burned so bad from Rainies, Visenya and of course, you know, their dragon Marxists. The crops were burned so bad it said they wouldn't have crops for years and they were engulfed in flame. The flame spread throughout the entire area so quickly that it became known as the Field of Fire. Aegon destroyed Marin's fleet and every last person on the field. Hmm. Pretty fucked up. Uh, it says Over 4,000 men of Loris, Lannisters, died from spears, swords and arrows. Over 10,000 men died of burns. <laughs> Holy shit. Um and it says here so there actually was one survivor. He took one as a spare. Only his nephew that was very small, very young and he died 3 days later. Oh <laughs> yeah. Don't get your hopes up, big boy. I ain't taking no prisoners up in this bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, it does say so so King Lauren actually wound up being a little bitch. Um, escaped the battle on horseback for a little time. Marin's army, every single person was burned. Every every single person besides Lauren died. Um, the Targaryens lost fewer than a hundred men. <laughs> and uh Aegon was so offended from the rebellion that, how do you say it? I say Balerion. Baleron, Balerion. 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 Balerion the Dread. The. Balerion Blah. the Dread. Balerion, Marxist, and Vegar decided to gorge themselves on the dead. <laughs> they did not have any funerals. <laughs> they did not say any final words. They let their dragons feast on their parts. How fucked up is that? Holy shit. I don't know if this was a good guy or not, man. It says uh, a little more if than If you have
0: to ask, I don't think there's much of an there's much of an argument there. It's so fucked up. Uh, and this is when what happened
1: was he took 20 he took, he singled out 20 of the dead and took their swords as an example. And this is when you start seeing the throne built and Peter Baelish said a thousand blades of Egan's enemies. Mm-hmm. And this is how the throne was built. He was taking enemies that he specifically pointed out that he burnt to a crisp and would take their sword and add it to the throne. Um, most of them were taken from downriver that he found, but. Um, and most of them were actually said to have been taken from ones that bent the knee and pleaded for mercy, but he showed them no mercy. How fucked up is that? Sounds like Daenerys. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, so um, Aegon uh, lifted his fleet and made... uh, So um, he sieged Highgarden. They surrendered without fighting. Typical. Um, And then Aegon marched south to conquer Dorne, Oldtown, and the harbor. Uh, Torn Stark in the north uh, the Field of Fire actually tried to challenge at one point with 30,000 Northmen. Aegon brought less than half the army uh, when he ran into Torrin Stark who is the king of the North at that time uh, Ed Stark ancestor um, and uh, it, it said so this is where you're going to have that famous picture so that is Torrin Stark right. quote unquote by the citadel Saul Balerion, is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. Balerion the Dread threw his sword down and knelt immediately <laughs> like 30,000 men. it's actually on the cover of this book so look that up Song of Ice and Fire I'll try to put the picture online um, we'll see what I can do but we don't want any copyright problems either you know? <laughs> so go look up the book fuck yeah <laughs> Anyways, uh, to this day Torn Stark as an ancestor of the Starks one of the first Starks is referred to as the king who knelt mm-hmm. um Visenya then went and conquered the Arbor. Um, it is said, Vagar uh, burst the first fleet into flame, and three ancestor crowns of previous kings of house, houses surrendered and put their crowns upon her. Um, the Sword of Garrison, an ancestral sword, came out of this, and Visenya then wound up leaving peacefully. With Shara, um, who was part of that area, uh, to be controlled of the area under the rule of Aegon I, who is part of that area. Uh, Rainies then attacked Dorne. So,
0: (laughs) read what I put here. Just that sentence. Dorne was a bitch mother? (laughs) Yeah!
1: So, Dorne was a bitch mother, which is why they, you know, really haven't been conquered today. Uh, Dorne had, who is called the Prince of Pass who was their prince at the time uh what he did the reason he's called that is because he made passageways through the red mountains so it's hard for dragons to actually get to him yeah so they kind of like hung in the mountains like bitches so no one could attack them uh well what happened was uh through the mountains spearmen were able to defend the castle just a little bit like just enough to where they couldn't like, you can't really fucking get in there. Um, and then what happened was there was a diversion, and the castle was abandoned. So Marx's, uh Rhaenys was on top of Marxist, her dragon, and she flew to Sunspear, who is the capital of Dorne, which is where the Sword of Dawn is today. It was abandoned except for Princess Myria. <laughs> it's actually Princess Myria is described as being the ugliest fat person. I hate saying this. Uh, and no offense we understand medical conditions and stuff this is just the way it's described in the actual book ugliest fat blind skin sagging sag hag ever around she was known as the yellow toad of (laughs) dorn and princess miria said i will not fight you nor will i kneel to you dorn uh this is um sorry this is, is uh, Princess Myria, ugly fat toad. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Princess Myria said, "I will not fight you, nor will I kneel to you. Dorne has no king. Tell your brother that." Rainy said, "Okay, I will come again, and the next time I shall come with fire and blood." I think we've heard that before. Myria mm. uh, <laughs> said, "Your words are unbowed, unbent, unbroken. unbroken. Holy shit! Right? Fucking crazy. It's crazy how all this like relates to nowadays." Um, That was even one
0: of the episodes, wasn't it? Yeah, that was one of the episodes. That's just so wild. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But so what happened was then you had Oldstown, which we've heard about, came out of this. Um, Aegon uh, had Lord Manfrey over the land, and he wound up giving up his sword immediately uh, when he saw Aegon in person and actually offered his daughter's hand in marriage as a gift for his submission to Aegon. Once Oldstown was surrounded, Aegon was crowned by the Hive Scepter and united as King of the Andals, first of his name, and it was recorded in history. Don't worry, it sounds like Dorne gave up their freedom there. This does not last very <laughs> long. So, don't worry. Um So the original thought was the Iron Throne would actually be put in Dragonstone. A lot of people don't know that. Um, But he decided to make his rule out in the mouth of of Blackwater Rush, which is near Blackwater Bay, uh, which is where his sisters first set foot when exploring the West and which later became King's Landing. So that's how it actually got to King's Landing. Um, Aegon put the swords of his enemies together. And that's when the Iron Throne was created. A thousand blades of Aegon's enemies. Um, Aegon's rule. He ruled the kingdoms by age 27. So <laughs> 27 years old. had taken this whole shit over. Uh, he thrived as the king in King's Landing as a powerful city. Um, by 10 after conquest, uh, it was the third most powerful city in Westeros. He thrived better than most people ever in history and was most respected Um, it is still thought I mean it's still argued whether or not he could have probably bought peace to Dorne Um, but what happened was he was attacked because of a rising of an upwards rebellion and it sparked the first Dornish war Uh, so the first Dornish war happened um, and it stood as Aegon's first great defeat uh, it began in four after conquest and ended in thirteen after conquest. Aegon and Visenya placed prices on the heads of Dornish lords, but Aegon ultimately and Aegon ultimately captured and ended them. <clears throat> However, the king's guard that was established by Aegon at the time after the first Dornish War, assassins started making attempts on Aegon and Visenya. Um, they were actually attacked in the streets and it is reported that Visenya stabbed Dark Sister into the very last assassin and then cut their throat with the cat's paw dagger which is this is where that rumor comes about Um, she defended Aegon and the man's uh, and him until the very end Um, Visenya decided there would be what's called a rule of seven this would be badass to see on screen So it was seven champions for the Seven Kingdoms. The first seven defended Aegon. uh, So they had basically like a seven on seven with Dorne. (laughs) Almost like football. Uh, Two died defending him and the rest defended him until their death. Um, Aegon died peacefully in 37 after conquest. And it is said the realm uh, was at peace for the rest of the time. Except for Dorne because they're assholes uh aegon had two sons so prince...
0: aegon died at 64 years old right 64 years old yeah, yeah
1: so 37 years afterward they basically just said fuck you to Dorne after they kept rebelling gotcha is what happened um aegon had two sons prince aenys uh with Rhaenys, and prince maegar also known as maegar the cruel with vicinia aegon died from a stroke in dragonstone while discussing a meeting At the painted table, which is no longer painted, which we've seen that table before. And his body was burned in Dragonstone by the Citadel. Um,
0: Wait, you can't burn a target. You can't burn a body.
1: I'm just reading what's in the book. So here's the thing, though. Um, Just because you ride a dragon, according to the book, doesn't mean you're a dragon. And there is actually one we're going to talk about in here that isn't a dragon. So... The guess, theory yeah, is John, he couldn't under he couldn't stand through fire.
0: Yeah, I guess because I mean you would think so. Him being the most famous and popular of all the Targaryens, that he would be. Uh, you would uh, think, anyway, right? But um,
1: just like we're gonna talk about like John
0: Snow, if he's Aegon Targaryen the sixth, he got burned in season one or two when he stopped the White Walker from attacking. Uh, Gior Mormont, the remember the lamp? He grabbed the lamp, right. and burned his hand, mm-hmm. so he was able to be burned. You know, and he could ride Rhaegal. Um, so I don't know. You it's raise a really
1: good point, though. Yeah, very interesting. And we're gonna talk. Actually, coming up in a few here is my favorite king, that most people do not know, and he was not a dragon, and he was actually my favorite one. Okay. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute because that is very interesting. That's a great point that a lot of people don't know. Um, but just to give you a quick rundown here. Um, so after this. You have six, 15 kings. So you had Aegon the Second, Aenys the First, Maegor the Cruel, Jerry's the First, Viserys the First, Aegon the Second, who was big and danced with dragons and started fire and blood. Then you have Aegon the Third, I, the First, Balor the First. Um, and then this is when during that time, A Night in Seven Kingdoms occurs. And
0: real quick before you go on there, guys, you're okay, good, Balor. That's like where the deceptive Baylor was named mm-hmm. after, so that's all I want to put in
1: there. Oh, you're good. Which we'll go into a little bit of detail on this, but um, then the tenth king was Aegon the Fourth. Then you had Darren the second, the 11th king. Um that's the guy that fucking Bran claimed made the chair. <laughs> which was bullshit. Twelfth yeah. uh, King was Ares the First, Thirteenth King Makar the First. 14th King Aegon the fifth then you had Jerry's the second then you had Ares the second Danny's dad so uh, you see how long the line is though mm-hmm. um, so Ares the first uh, he came to the throne in 37 AC after conquest is what that means um, he was actually weak and sick most of his life uh rumors died when he actually hatched quicksilver and became a dragon rider which we've talked about before he's just a small dragon um he fought off a rebels from the veil vale is mostly what he's known from uh so they didn't put up tried to they tried to start their little shit for a while too uh 22 after conquest he um married Aisa Valyrian, who's descendant of Adam Valyrian, who's the first dragon rider um, Annie's brother uh, Makar took two wives he married uh, openly Ali's, who is the house of Haraway and then um, there was an outcry so bad that Annie's was basically um, uh, there was an outcry from his brother and he basically exiled his own brother is what happened but um, so, his brother, Aines, wound up choosing to marry the oldest daughter, Raina, um, who is uncommon, um, but there was a public outcry with her as well. And what happened was Aines wound up being resigned um, from her position on the council. So, she was on the council at the time. <clears throat> Vicinia wound up. So, all these relatives wound up happening, and like the houses just kind of continued to prosper for a minute. Um, and Visenya wound up dying years later it is still suspected to this day if she was poisoned from Aenys who is the brother of Magor. Um and then the second king uh, Maegor uh, the cruel so he reigned um, basically uh, there was a massive uh blood battle that he had starting off his first rule and he really craved violence um vicinia <clears throat> right before she died <coughs> challenged to fight him in order to take over his right as king this is make the cruel after aegon um sir Damon, uh not Damon blackfire is another one um challenged maegor uh, with a trial of seven that we told had established earlier, so seven on seven, it was seven of Damon's best men against seven of Megor. <clears throat> Damon was known as a very high-experienced warrior and a captain, <clears throat> and actually the Faith militant. So that's you good. Oh, I'm good. I'm just, <laughs> just whining and get a little malice. Yeah,
0: coughing All this history, all this
1: history. So usually I get a break because we do debates and shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Finish up the history. We'll get into the rest of it. Yeah, you're good. Yeah.
1: Um. So, uh, what happened was Sir Damon was killed at the very end of the battle. Actually, it is said the last warrior uh, struck Magor's head, but as he began to fall into not unconsciousness but pass out, mm-hmm. uh, he stabbed a sword through the guy, and the guy died. So he wound up keeping his position as king. Um. And uh so then he wound up having so um a young prince at the time wound up becoming his son, uh which is of course was a descendant of Aegon the First. Um and so let's see, so there was uh, another son of Aegon the First that threatened to, to overtake his throne, so Magor sentenced him to death and had his head cut off. Uh, The faith militant still had a problem with him. So um, they began an uprising. Uh, There was true separation, it is said, between the faith and the crown. Um, Magor, what he did, this is where we've talked about it before in previous episodes with the church. He mounted uh, Belirion, flew over the city to Aegon's hill, over the Sept of
0: Remembrance. So this guy has Aegon the first dragon.
1: Right, because okay. he's still alive Belerion's still, still there. Even this is Agon just the first. descendant right after. Okay. So this is Magor. Okay. Um, so this is right after Aegon is gone. Well,
0: because there was another one before Magor. Isn't there, there was an A- anest or Anes or something? I don't know. What Anies. 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 Okay. So
1: it was Aegon, Anes, Magor Agor. the Cruel. Okay. So now Magor still has Balerion. because okay. remember Balerion lived like two hundred years, mm-hmm. and he just kept bonding with him. Is what happened. Got it. Uh, But he's known as Magor the Cruel, and this is where we talked about before with like the churches and the faith militant. Mm -hmm. So he flew up to Aegon's Hill. Yeah, take a little drink. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, there There you go, man. Um, And he attempted to flee all that was in the church, but he locked them inside the church with hundreds of faith uh, militants in the church in the Sept of Remembrance and burned it to the ground like a fucking asshole. Um, Sept of Remembrance was actually one of the first septs built in King's Landing. Uh, It was actually known as having uh, meetings for the Red Keep here. And it sparked the war against the Faith Militant. So they had the Battle of Stonebridge, which uh, rebels rose up against Magor, the cruel. Uh, described him described them as having uh, untrained rebels of faith, so they really didn't have any military skill. So Magor defeated them, and all of his men didn't take any prisoners and cut their heads off in front of the church. Uh, all the other churches, as example, then you had uh, the Great Fork Battle of Blackwater. So this was at Blackwater Bay, the Riverlands and the Westernlands joined forces against Magor. Hundreds of knights of warrior sons. Uh, and 13,000 rebels of Faith Militant waged a battle against Blackwa- on the Blackwater Bay. Magor mounted Balerion, uh, and the battle actually lasted until the next nightfall, so an entire 24 hours. But it became a decisive victory for Balerion, and uh, he dismounted their entire army, taking no prisoners. <laughs> no prisoners here! Um, and then this is what started Magor's Holdfast. Uh, so, Megor wound up building Magor's Holdfast because of all the rebellions that were rising against the faith militant in case something happened and he needed to escape. Uh, Magor actually completed the construction of the Red Keep as well, um, and then he had a big feast of celebration after the construct of both of those. So that's where those came from. Uh, there was actually a three-day feast. And then after he had the feast, all that participated in the building of the tunnels in the of Magor's Holdfast and the Red Keep, uh, he let them eat and enjoy themselves. And then he cut their heads off in front of them so they would never remember how to get down there. <laughs> that's pretty fucked up. Um, and then you had, uh, so Prince Aegon was after that, uh, the next Aegon, so Aegon second. Uh, was crowned king. um, And he tried to... uh, Well, before he was crowned king, tried to claim the throne with Quicksilver. Um, There was a battle that ultimately came down to the end where Magor lost most of his men and Prince Aegon tried to fly directly to Valyrian. And what happened, this is actually a big famous battle. Um, He flew directly at Valyrian. And right before he could... Shoot fire at Belirion. Magor uh, flew with balerion and jumped off the dragon and stabbed him through the chest and died. And then balerion caught him on the way down. Um, so that didn't happen. Two years later, the faith militant uprise in the city again and come back at a revolt with 2,000 spikes of heads of loyalists to Magor. On trophies and spikes. Um, Visenya. Um, this is when she dies. In 44 AC. And Elisa her daughter. Took Dark Sister. Uh, to Dragonstone with her. And her children. In 48 AC. Uh, they had the Red Dog Hills Battle. Which is where Prince Jaehaerys. Wound up coming and making a name for himself. Uh, as protector of the realm. And Hand of the King. He took up arms against Maegor. And formed an army. Raira was the wife of Magor at the time and rode Dreamfire uh, and took Jairi's side. So she betrayed her own king. Magor had lost so much loyalty throughout the realm at this point, um, the only ones that came to defend him was Minor Lands. So it wasn't any major allies. And the night before the battle occurred, Maegor, uh was discovered with his wrist cut with barbed wire, and he was laid on the Iron Throne. Um, some suspect this was actually the King's Guard. Some have theories it's the Iron Throne that killed him, <laughs> but it's the King's Guard. Um, Brides of Magor the Cruel. This is very interesting. Uh, Cerise, House of Hightower. Uh, what happened was he was actually betrothed to her. She couldn't produce an heir, so she mysteriously died. Elise of House of harroway Um, he loved her, but she had a deformed child, so he cut her head off in front of everyone. Tiana of Hightower was known for her sorcery, so she actually survived. Uh, and then you had the Widowed Brides, who were known as Fertile, so they stayed alive. He just kept fucking them. Uh, move in the club, shake your stuff. Uh, Eleanor of House of Castine. Um, what happened with her was... Well, no one really gives a shit about her anyways. But she just stayed alive. <laughs> but um, I actually got it here. But yeah, basically, like, she just, like, nothing really happened with her. Um, Renina, or raina that was the main one. You know, she was House of Targaryen. She's responsible for Dance of Dragons. That's the big one here. And then the other one that is well-known is uh, Jane Westerling, which we've talked about a little bit, is in Storm of Swords with mm-hmm. Rob uh, and Jane. Uh, not Jenny of Old Stones. Ginny, yeah. Genie, yeah, Jean. yeah, or something, right?
0: J-E-Y-N-E, Jane. There you go. Yeah.
1: So, Jean, Jean. what happened with that? Remember, he like went. That was instead of what they did. On the show with in Talisa. In season three. Yeah. Right, with Talisa. Um, correct. Co- that is correct, sir. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Let's go to Dilly. Let's go to Dilly. I knew this would be a long way today. Fuck
0: yeah.
1: Mm. Um, so, you have high sour. She was the last one she was the daughter of the lords of old town a lord of old town uh because of um her she couldn't produce an heir so she mysteriously died which they assumed Magor executed her and uh so here what happened was uh jerry's the first took over he came to the throne and Magor's death in 48 after conquest he is known as a true king and warrior when you took the throne at a young age. Um, he rode Vithiramor, the dragon, which is a big green dragon you can look and see in the history. Uh, but he is the second largest next to Balerion. He was proven a wise king and married for 46 years to Alysanne and had children and grandchildren. He was a greatest friend of Septon Barth. Remember, Septon Barth is who we talked about, uh, you know, when... Valyrian was dying uh, and Princess Aria uh, so uh, he did more to reform than any other king it said uh, during his reign there had not seen any uh, many dragons since the doom of Valyria, but he is responsible for building all the king's roads that you see uh, with his aid of Septon Barth uh, Prince Viserys um, was actually trained to ride Valyrian after that who is his younger younger descendant. Um, he was the last prince to ride, uh, ride Valerian in the Seven Realms. Um, Leroy was a child of Jairus. Uh, he bonded with Sea Smoke, who was ridden by Adam Valyrian originally. And um, uh, King Jerry's, the I became known as the Old King, the Consili- uh, Consulator because he was so respected throughout the realm in 94 AC valerian died this is where remember we were talking about it before um after returning from a voyage with princess aria that he bonded with because she didn't seem attached to her family she was described as coming back from a place of sorcery they had been to of course the rumor was they went to valeria where dark magic occurred after being in slaver's pits where she was proving herself and there was a rumor of a big black shadow of a dragon out in that area And she came back uh, and encountered Septim Barth. And he describes it as dark magic as he had never seen. And parasites, uh, after he put her in the cold tub, began to protrude from her stomach. Uh, She collapsed upon getting back to the courtyard uh, and was put in the tub. And it said where they were carving out parasites, nine-inch scars remaining on her dead body after she died um, Balerion last a little longer after this with parasites still in him it says Viserys first prince at the time rode Balerion one last time and described him as so weak he had to turn around when flying above King's Landing Balerion died of weakness and parasites in 94 after conquest and was the first dragon to be honored by buried in the Red Keep he was thought to be almost 200 years old It's pretty wild uh, Jaehaerys I uh, wound up dying of old age peacefully. He ruled for 45 peaceful years and uh, died at 96 years old after conquest. It is said that the citizens of Dorne even wept uh, with their, and took their garnishments off and put them at his bedside. And so that actually says a lot about Dorne. Uh, Viserys I took over as the fourth king after that and paved the way for Dance with Dragons. Uh, Prince Daemon the Targaryen Maester of Coin was made Maester of Coin at the time. Daemon Targaryen had many rivals, and was actually considered Viserys the First. Actually, tried to convince Viserys the First to remove himself from power. Um, He began the conflict in the land of the Realm of Peace between Uh, Jerry's the First. Daemon was known for harsh punishments. Uh, that opposed the king and became known as Lord Flea Bottom. So there's where that term comes from. He earned himself a dark reputation for his harsh, harsh executions, and he took part in the Great Council. Uh, princess Rhaenyria, um, that Daemon was fond of, convinced Viserys I to make her part of the council, and Viserys I declared war against the Princess of Dragonstone because he just didn't like her ass. Um, Damon eventually became intrigued with growing power, and he convinced Viserys the to convince his uh, to contribute his support by providing gold to the Second Sons that aid his cause. Uh, he wound up making alliances with the free cities and small armies to continue to expand his army, and he rode Carxus which is a huge red dragon, uh, about half the size of Vagar, and bigger than Sea Smoke. And that became uh, the conquest of step zones. Daemon wound up killing a Myrish prince in combat and claimed himself king of the Myrish Sea. And 107 after conquest, Viserys, uh, his son Aegon II, <coughs> um, had a daughter, Helena, dance with dragons. That's where that comes in. Rhaenyra was considered the heir until... Um, because she was a direct line of rulers uh decrees of the council were made Aegon II got older and Rhaenyra believed that she should still have the right to the throne the Targaryen flag was currently a yellow dragon and a black flag at this time Rhaenyra was known for her red clothing red rubies Uh, when conflict arose which is eventually how you wind up having the red targaryen flag that we have today just because it was adopted so this is where um fire and blood winds up coming in it's all about this targaryen civil war up into the second part that hasn't come out yet in the book uh, being robert's rebellion so daemon began to go grow more fond of raneria uh and um he is uh Rhaenyra's uncle is who that is, disgusting. Um, it is said that Daemon and Viserys First disagreed over a conflict one night. Viserys found it offensive and wound up pushing away from him. Exactly what happened is unknown, but that's said to start um, what caused Dance with Dragons. In 113, after conquest, Rhaenyra came of age, and Prince Lannan Valyrian is who she wound up marrying riding sea smoke that was a dragon rider um won her hand in a tournament held by Viserys the, the first it is rumored Damon was exiled because raneria was discovered in bed with him during her marriage also it's questioned um, that lenore had problems against her because her affection and fondness for Damon. So there was something going on there with her and Damon. Uh Reneria spent most of her time at Dragonstone and Lenore uh Lenore and then wound up drifting apart more and more. Uh Reneria and Lenore had a boy Jacaris. Uh they believed he could hatch a dragon. Lenore and Reneria believed uh, that he could actually hatch three dragon eggs and they put them in his crib <clears throat> and uh, the, if the, the dragon eggs actually hatched. So if he didn't hatch them, he would have been a bad omen and they would have burned him at the spot. Um, but they actually hatched Varamax, Erex, and T-Rexes. Um, so Viri's the first Rhaenyra, and the Rain Valyrian... Uh, practice this method which got handed down over the years that's where that comes from and this is where it split so this is where they became known as the greens uh, so the family with rhaenyra became known as the greens as a higher class of targaryens um, dance with dragons started to be paved lena valyrian lenore's sister married prince daemon And his twin girls. Rhaenyra had two more sons. And one twenty after conquest. Lena produced a boy. And it was determined that she died at childbirth. Uh, The boy that was born was deformed. And soon later uh, died from health complications. So nothing happened of him. And it is written on a cord that attended at a market fair. In Spicetown with a friend in Eustace. Eustace betrayed Lenin and had him ambushed in the market. It is described that blades were drawn. Lenore killed many men, but was ultimately killed. Lenore stabbed a sword through Eustace, and Eustace slab- stabbed a sword through Lenore. So both of them actually died on the battlefield. Um, Aemon Targaryen, the young prince at the time, uh, which... I think we all know who that is. That went to the Night's Watch. Um, quarreled with Rhaenyra's sons. He wound up bonding with Vhagar the dragon, who is the second largest to Balerion and um, Liana's dragon as well. So he was actually the first to actually bond with two dragons, which caused a big problem. Uh, Aemon wound up mocking Rhaenyra, and they became labeled as the Strongs. Um, Well, what happened was Luceres, Lanieria's son, took a knife and stabbed it into his eye. So there's rumors about this. Um, From this day, he was known as Maester One-Eye. Now, there is a battle that he's in where he actually gets stabbed in that same eye. So there's a rumor where what actually made him blind in that eye, but that's why he has that sapphire in the show. Uh, Viserys winds up making peace Rhaenyra by making a claim to anyone that questioned paternity or Rhaenyra's children or their loyalty she would have their tongue cut out and executed Rhaenyra uh, married Daemon in 120 after conquest who was her uncle In 129 after conquest Viserys the first died his son Aegon the elder married Helena which was Aegon the second Viserys son so that's how this shit got started. So, Helena had three children Jerry's, Jahiria, and Melor. Aegon Second, after Viserys dies, takes over. The Viserys' unwavering preference of Veneria, uh, she always felt like she deserved the throne. So, what happened here was.
0: This is the Blackfire Rebellion?
1: No, Blackfire Uh, Rebellion's down the road. This is Dance with Dragons. Okay. Yeah. So what happens is you had Luke Valerian that was killed in the court, which was a descendant of Rhaenyra. She assumed Helena uh, wound up sending this threat in who was an assassin. Her son's throat was cut in front of her in front of a meeting with the council. Vraeneria wound up giving birth to a stillborn after that. So still couldn't produce an heir. With. uh, Couldn't produce an heir. That would be a direct line. So still upset at Aegon's right to the throne that had prepared for her. um, She wound up splitting the houses. And this is what we call the dance. Um, The queen of the house council. What she did. Was uh, she? She wound up claiming Rhaenyra as the true heir, um, and then wound up uh, actually. So Rhaenyra poisoned a lot of the people on the council, including the Master of Coin, Lord Beesbury, and his wine. So that started a big problem, um, and the uprisings continued, and conflicts occurred between airmen. Aemon Maester Aemon that we know today and Lucerys Aemon was reported to stand his own and the two had a rivalry Lucerys was a descendant of Rhaenyra uh, and then they were known as the houses became split referred to as the greens and the blacks which you had the yellow black flag for the greens and the blacks were known for Rhaenyra and they wound up taking a red and black flag instead which is the Targaryen flag you see today Um, Aegon's second supporters were Lord Hightower, Lord Lannister, Lord Tully, and Lord Baratheon. Veneria's supporters were Lord Valyrian, Lady Jane Arryn, her cousin, the Starks, and uh, she also had a little bit of the Tyrells, but they mostly remained neutral during this whole thing um, because the Tyrells are bitches. Um, (laughs) The sides... Wound up being determined, and it uh, no one could tell who wanted to rule, it couldn't be determined who would be ruler. Uh, so to revenge her son, what happened because her son that was killed, uh, Luke, assuming it was an, a loyalist, a loyalist, uh, that was hired as an assassin, Reneria, this is where we talk about blood and cheese, hired two assassins of her own, blood, achi- blood and cheese to arrange vengeance on, on um, Helena. And she used Miseria, who is known as the White Worm because she was so pale. Uh, that actually was a wife of Magor at the time that knew the tunnels to sneak them in because he built the tunnels. Um, so what happened was Blood and Cheese took Jerry's and Maelor that we talked about captive in front of Helena. They asked Helena to choose which boy gets to live and dies. She chose Maylor to die because he was the second son so that Jerry's could take the throne. What they did was they cut Jerry's throat in front of her. Maylor and Jerry were shipped off in secret in the tunnels to Oldstown that we've talked about um, with the fear that assassinations would attempt on their life again. Maylor that we've talked about was on his way to oldstown and it is rumored that a mob killed him. He was kidnapped or sold into slavery or a butcher chopped him up his meat. Uh, there was also a theory that this is just a rumor that he actually made it all the way to bitter bridge, which is near oldstown. And then what happened was a mob or a mob of, um, Rania's people found out who he was, uh, and ripped him apart piece by piece um, with his protector. So uh, then, what happened was the king's guard discovered Jerry's murder, and then you had uh, Sir Eric. So there's Sir Eric and Sir Eric, one with A R R Y K, one with E R R K. Um, but Sir Eric Cargahill was sent to kill Raneria in Dragonstone, where she began to form her loyal party army, Sir Eric fought Sir Eric. Uh, they were two best friends and brothers fought on opposing sides. They actually met in the Hall of Dragonstone trying to take Rhaenyra dra- down from her rebellion that was starting to occur. They both fought to the death and it said songs were sung about each into this day. And actually, as they were both dying, taking their last words, they said... I respect you and both died um, it actually is then uh, Rhaenyra started to punish her followers for treason because she suspected them as betraying her uh, Rainies came to Rhaenyra's aid um, she used her dragon Maileys to build her army so Maylis, uh was like a pink bright dragon that's said to have scales of scarlet and claws uh bright as copper like massive pink uh with pink eyes um she wasn't the biggest dragon but she is claimed to be the fastest dragon that ever lived and they referred to her as the red queen um princess rainies aided Raniria's cause and brought the army of joe and her dragon despite her youth um she is still referred to as the queen that never was um, because she was actually started to be a pretty big part of this dance, which you'll see in House of Dragon when that comes out. Uh, Aegon II, the Second, the rightful king, arrived on his own dragon, as this was occurring on Sunfire, aided by Aemon, Prince Aemon on vegar which is Maester Aemon that we know, confronted by Princess rainies to stop her treason aiding Rhaeniria. uh That was on, of course, the dragon we just talked about, the pink one. Um, sunfire was the dragon of aegon II. so he wasn't the fastest he wasn't the strongest he was just described as the most beautiful dragon he was a gold tan dragon uh it is actually even said by the arse maester gladine sunfire is the most beautiful dragon i've ever seen he was bright gold and often would shoot gold fire uh flames from his mouth Uh, mid-air rainies upon Melee's faced aegon the second and sunfire with prince aemon and Vagar. it was kind of like if you know hermione fought double Lore or black widow fought iron man and spider-man kind of thing because they were all in the family um but there was a brutal battle with sunfire sunfire was crippled forever aegon the second barely even survived i described him as having the wounds of melted skin burned to his face uh his armor and half his body was meshed together broken ribs Vagar and aemon actually escaped the battle unscathed rainey's corpse was discovered hundreds of feet away from the battle on the ground burned so bad she was unrecognizable uh the red queen her body laid covered in burns and nothing but ash like it was just ash pretty much when they found her um, so from this point Rhaenyra then had dragons that were three uh, so she had ten dragons three were older dragons that had not been claimed or bought with yet so she had Silverwing, wing who, re- who was ridden by queen alice anne a massive green silver dragon Said to have wings so massive, uh, she could spread fire over hundreds of feet of funeral pyre, pyres and would light them during funerals. Uh, sea Smoke, that was written by Adam Valerian, And then she had three wild dragons. Grey Ghost, who is just a dragon they found in the ocean, basically. Um, Ship Stalker, who is found just killing sheep cannibal who actually just would eat people randomly found in the wild and then vithyramor wasn't wild he was uh, pretty well known but he was ridden by king jerry's uh, the old great kings and then was handed down and bonded after the king's death uh, like i was saying second largest dragon since Valerian. Um adam of hull was the brave noble that actually wound up bonding with him who was Reneria's father uh, adopted him and officially made him part of the Valyrian house Vithyramor, this is a big battle, they had a huge battle and Vithyramor betrayed Verneria in the epic battle and turned against her in the middle um, they were both killed and the battle was said to be miserable deaths it's called the Battle of Tumbledon um, here what happened was after Vithyramor betrayed her With Silverwing, he started attacking Silverwing, and then they both actually wound up turning on her. Um, An orphan in the battle shot Vithyramor with an arrow, and later members of Aegon II poisoned him after the battle. Uh, Vithyramor, fighting Silverwing mid-battle, bonded with Hugh Hammer, and they both turned against her Silverwing had his head bitten off mid battle and the shot with the arrow the battle was so significant that to this day they actually still put monuments there and they were placed in the red keep um but uh then at this point uh there was a second battle of tumbleton Aegon and all his dragons had set uh had set fire to the loyalist um, in the small town of Rhaenyra's loyalist uh, she executed Aegon's men so this was another win for Rania. Uh both places um, black gold dragon flags were placed to show victory in support to Aegon's claim uh, so sorry Aegon actually won this one after Rhaenon's loyalist wound up executing Aegon's men so Aegon wound up winning this one and then Reneria's dragons um, wound up riding with Cyrix, her personal dragon, a young red dragon smaller than anyone else. So she had a small red dragon, and then the dragons all that remained were Cyrix, her own, Carxis, Damon's dragon, Ghost, who was just found in the ocean, uh, the Cannibal, and the Ship Stalker, Sea Smoke, ridden by Adam Valyrian. Silverwing was dead because he betrayed her. Vethyremor was dead. He betrayed her because track attacked Silverwing and then both of their riders decided to betray her mid battle and Mycella, that was dead, that pink dragon uh, that was on Rainy's side. After the battle of Tumbleton, Damon spread fire on King's Landing uh, throughout the city with carxis So this is where you have King's Landing starting to get attacked. Um, two dragons died along with hundreds of citizens Uh, it's described as uh, actually like a lot of the prisoners they took he even would take out to the ocean and just let drown Um, this was the moment that actually caused the rebel shepherd um, to notice Carcsis was attacking the whole city kind of like Daenerys and the bells Shepard said, one day the city will be saved and cleansed from blood split dragons. In 130 AC, Daemon Targaryen and Maester Aemon entered their final battle. Uh, This was actually one of the most epic battles today, known as the Battle of God's Eye. And we're going to get to Shepard in a minute. That happens later on down the road. (laughs) You know where that's going. Uh, But So the Battle of God's Eye, Aemon burned the riverlands one by one in an effort to make Rhaenyria surrender. He did this for 13 days, and on the 14th day, Damon challenged Aemon in a one-on-one battle. Um, kind of like Hector versus Achilles, that's how famous this is. Uh, the fight is described as a sight that has never been seen. Uh, it is described that screams from dragons were heard from miles above even innocents in the city were terrified because they had never seen anything like it the two dragons interlocked mid-sky near the riverlands and shot fire at each other as they dove down towards the surface Carxis, with damon mounted on him damon jumped on top of vegar and shoved a knife into Aemon's same eye that he was already stabbed in. So that's where that rumor comes from. They don't know which one it was. Um uh, then what happened was Carxis locked on to Vagar, bit down on him, and bit the head off Vagar's neck. Uh Vagar's head, decapitating him. And then uh after he stabbed him with Dark Sister, uh, the corpse of Vagar was so heavy, they plummeted to the lake below, which is known as God's Eye, because it was so massive. Damon was still holding Aemon on top of the saddle. Vagar's corpse plummeted to the ocean, with all four of them interlocked. So the other dragon was too all four it was said to have died however there is a rumor that maester aemon went to the night's watch um vegar's corpse was found years later aemon <clears throat> was last seen plummeting into the lake Carksis lived long enough to crawl to the edge of the beach of the god's eye where he was discovered dead on the beach Damon's body was never found but they assumed that fish had eaten his corpse um and after he plummeted into the sea. Eamon was believed dead at first, uh when his saddle was discovered, but some claimed his and some claimed his body decayed after being chained to it. However, there's rumors he went to the night's watch, which we'll uh talk about later. Which that's a good point, because there's an example of a saddle in the book. Why the fuck didn't they have a saddle in the show? Um so Rhaenyra then at this point because of Daemon's death and she was so close to him brought hell and chaos to the city Um, the same day at the battle of God's Eye uh, Syrax, another dragon she took burned down the city in King's Landing Um, Queen Helena fell to her death at Magor's Holdfast some claim there was murder some also claim there was suicide. She fell off of Magor's hold holdfast into spikes and rocks below, impaling through her stomach and abdomen. Her body was discovered depleted with blood rushing out of the holes of her skull, torso, stomach, and abdomen. Uh, King's Landing burned almost to the ground, And the shepherd that we talked about earlier emerged to the city. He brought with him a massive mob and city rebellious tyrants uh, that were actually ordered with Rhaenyra. And they went to the dragon pit. Many of the dragons were in the pit. The story is even told that four dragons were housed in the pit. Shirikros, Tyraxis, and Dreamfire that we talked about earlier. Uh, Shirikros, no one knows anything about him. Tyraxis was just a young dragon. He was, uh, you know, bonded with the son of Linor. Tyraxis was ridden with Joffrey Valyrian. He actually even tried to go save it, save him during the collapse. Uh, Dreamfire was killed. And what happened was as the rebellion started in the dragon pit that we saw in season seven they started stabbing these dragons Dreamfire broke away from her chain started shooting fire throughout the pit and hit the roof and the roof collapsed on everybody and and the dragons as well so most of the dragons this is why most of the dragons died out and they were saying some were the size of cats um Rhaenyra wound up claiming the throne. And uh with mostly the city in ruin, uh Rhaeniria attempted to claim the kingdom as hers, uh after she learned of Damon's death at the Battle of God's Eye. That's the biggest one in Fire and Blood uh, as far as battles. Uh the wall of the people in the city went the wall and the people of the city um inside the walls wound up going into a recession. And there was some time after this, uh, Rhaenyra abandoned the people of Westeros, uh, really started to just forge for herself because so many people were malnourished and didn't even have food because she was a terrible ruler at this time as she was claiming herself queen. Uh, She actually, rebellion started against her and she attempted to escape Dragonstone. So, attempt to escape to dragonstone so what happened was aegon ii was still healing from his wounds after the battle of god's eye because it was taking years because he was burned so badly sunfire was actually dying and still in very very bad shape and uh aegon the second when raneria got to dragonstone trapped her because of the rebellions that were occurring when she was queen raneria took when she took the throne what happened was uh so um larry strong snuck her out through the tunnels so she wouldn't be murdered expecting raneria wouldn't look f- uh no one would look for her in dragonstone She went there as a stronghold. Um, And she rode Grey Ghost that no one rode at the time, so she really couldn't be tracked, also said to be a cannibal. And then Sunfire was still crippled and dying, um, and Aegon II captured her when she got to Dragonstone. Um, Aegon arrived back in the city. Bela Targaryen, uh, Daemon Targaryen's 14-year-old daughter, Made a final stand uh, She surrounded them in the courtyard Same courtyard uh, die, uh Was discovered with parasites in with the princess um, Made one final stand Balia Targaryen 14 years old She was bonded with Moondancer Who was a small dragon Very young But she attacked Sunfire And the, and the two dragons collided With their riders on top both dragons uh, began to burn. Sunfire was so old and crippled, he died right in front of him, and both his legs shattered upon sight when he landed. Um, what happened was Balia uh, actually wound up laying feet away unconscious, and a loyalist to Aegon II um, actually wound up attempted. To shove a sword through her back when she was lying on the ground. And Sir Marston of the King's Guard Defend the, the girl because she was so young. And carried her off to recovery and saved her life. Um, Aegon II had soldiers carry Rhaenyra to the throne room. Aegon II officially won the war of Dance with Dragons. Which is fire and blood. Enraged, Aegon ordered soldiers to tie up Rhaenyria, draw and cord her limb by limb by one limb being cut off and burned by a dragon in front of her as she watched it. And as the people in the throne room watched it, she would scream in front of hundreds of spectators. And one thirty after conquest, Rhaenyria... The half-year queen, so this wasn't even a year, was pronounced dead. And that concludes Dance with Dragons. So I think we should leave off there because George originally intended this to be two books. Um, And so, I mean, you kind of heard the first part there. And then next week, we'll kind of have an extra surprise for you because we didn't want to just throw it all at you at once. Yeah. Um, but you're what's cool is you're gonna start to get into the rebellions and you're gonna find
0: out why Jamie becomes a Kingslayer a hey, Bonus part two surprise surprise I um, mean yeah, at uh, this point at this point Kingslayer can, It can't even really be a surprise because we keep throwing out extras after I know extras, man, extras after extras. We got so much content Game of Thrones gave us so much to work with so it actually works out really really well uh, you know, from today, what we talked about, we started off with the actor changes, and then we jumped into our season rankings, and which we thought were best and why, and then you went into history, which really covered the Age of Dawn, Aegon's Conquest, uh, Dance of Dragons, and then next week is going to really touch on um, the Blackfyre Rebellion, and the War of Nine, Penny Kings, and Robert's Rebellion, right? Yeah, there you go. Awesome. they all in the head, Cool. Man. And then when you conclude that next week, that's when I'll jump into what I also have uh, extinct and endangered houses, which will be great because it'll cover all the houses from the beginning of time to where we are now. So that'll work out. That'll work out really, really well. So uh, our bonus part two is going to be one you don't want to miss, guys. But uh, we're excited to finish this one up with you today. I know we say this every single time, but thank you so much for the interaction and everything that you guys do on a on a weekly basis, uh, Keeping up with us and all that we do, <laughs> Game of Thrones wise. Uh, we get a lot of interaction with you on Instagram. We, you know, you guys enjoy our posts, and uh, we thank you for that. And feel free, guys. We we love the interaction with our audiences. We literally have. We are on every single platform imaginable that exists. Uh, you know, as far you know, we're, we're as you know, far as LinkedIn to Instagram to Facebook to, to Twitter. Twitter to uh, the the blog the, 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 ridiculous, the blo- uh, yep. Watch the iconic yeah, moments of Game the of Thrones. We got Snapchat. We got. Yeah. We still got to figure out how we're going to start making TikTok, TikTok content, but we literally have every single. We're on everything. Oh yeah, man. Well, I think that's a good spot to to leave you with today, guys. This has been another uh, ridiculous installment. Chase and Josh factor fantasy
1: can I get an
0: encore you're gonna get more <laughs> <laughs> sign it off. off.